welcome to RL After Shock, the lone standing weekly independent podcast for everything that is Rocket League esports in the European scene and the coverage hub for everything that is Rocket League news, rumors, and results. I'm the Eternal J. I'm joined by Digital Bacon for the 73rd episode of the show this week, my man. Uh, the last time I spoke to you was actually during the recording of the last episode. So how you been? Yeah, it's been a long week, of course. Uh, Rocket League was that a little bit That seems to be your quiet. standard introduction, by the way. You just it go, does. Oh, it's been a long week. You know, I, it's will say, <laughs> I will say, Jay, that when you, whenever you do your little little intro, like it just brings a smile to my face. It's like, oh, yeah, another <laughs> podcast, like another Aftershock. I'm loving this. And Bro, I remember, what was it? Um, uh, like, it, 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 It's great that I, that you get that feeling because it just shows we're not being burnt out because what was it? Sam L <laughs> made a comment on one of my on one of our tweets last, last week when we were going live saying 72 episodes. So it's fucking hell. You guys have gone forever. I'm just like, mm. yeah, that is almost been a year and a half since we started the show. And I'm glad that we're still going to this uh, to this day, doing almost an episode every single week since that point. Bacon. Like, that's a fucking achievement if I, if I ever heard one, you know? Yeah, yeah. We're really proud of ourselves. If you haven't, uh, you know, got that impression by how jay's phrased that we've taken a couple of weeks off every now and then because like we we had to there was either nothing to literally report that week or like we couldn't feasibly work that into our schedules but whenever we can like it's currently uh six past one in the afternoon on a monday like we're gonna put that in like we've moved we've gone with the times we haven't stuck to just which we've moved mm. to purely the podcast because we want to get this out because one we enjoy doing it ourselves and two it's making content for people out there that enjoy it and it's yeah. good for everyone I like to think that since we shifted away from making a Twitch stream like our main priority, like I feel like we've uh, we've actually been able to create like a better show as a result of that at certain points because there's a lot less to worry about Ooh. if you're doing a live if you're doing a pre-recorded. You know, in the live show, you have to make sure oh, is the producer doing it right, and uh, you know, is there uh, um, you know, is, are the stream viewers doing okay? Like, is the bitrate fine? Are we gonna crap out at any one point? Are the VPNs <laughs> off? All this shit, and it's like <laughs> even then in the post-production, you've got to also make sure that you do everything correctly uh, in that respect. If you the last episode by the way the, the audio is stupid out of sync on the video version i didn't realize that till we uploaded it because i thought i had the issue pinned down but it's just because of some fucking video shit that i'm not particularly you know competent at you know mm. i'm an audio guy not a video guy so uh yeah i fucked that up sorry if you're a video watcher um uh, although i don't know as many of you out there at the moment i do <laughs> uh you know I, I do think we've kind of left you guys in the dust for the past couple of months obviously being in isolation and very very busy and shit bacon but uh you know we still got loads of stuff to talk about you know uh, in particular mm -hmm. this week there is uh, obviously the, the standard set of news, rumors, all the stuff coming falling out, but no results for you this week. Instead, we're going to revisit a topic that we did around this time last year. In episode 24, we did our state of the scene address uh, where we talked about all the major hot button to talking topics of the last year. And we'll do the exact same thing, revisiting some of those topics and seeing how far we've come in a year's space bacon. All that coming up for you all on the 73rd episode of RL Aftershop. Before we get though, Let's start with the news. Uh, and we'll start with some roster rumors. Oh, not roster moves in particular, actually, not rumors, <laughs> because the rumors are uh, uh, being confirmed at this point. And I do love the fact that most of this shit has now come out of, uh, come out of the, you know, the official sort of announcements. And we've got fucking, uh, you know, and, we, and we've got people fucking, uh, you know, now officially like looking at guys like uh, Shift and be like, oh, hey, 
they're actually legit. <laughs> well, there you go. Here, yeah, here's the first one. they have a track record now. It's good. Yeah, they have a track <laughs> record. So now we can trust them, as we've been saying for fucking weeks. Singularity announced the benching of God Smiller. This comes off the back of a lot of different sort of uh, tryouts and things going on, uh, you know, that, uh, that that we've been talking about in respect to the, uh, uh, in, in respect to, you know, the, the, the Singularity lineup. We said that if there's one person that needs to go, it would be God Smiller. Um, uh, and, uh, well, this is it. It's officially happening. I still don't don't believe that this is the right move though again i'm uh, like we said last week with the whole metzenaris thing coming in um uh, i still think that they should have stuck with godsmiller for a little bit longer you know oh definitely like we were saying it before like it's, it's a case of godsmiller if you were to remove anyone from that team it would be him but don't do it because it you, as team singularity you do not want to be one of the lads to make one of the first moves you want to be a second mover or whatever to try and pick up say a player that's been moved off another team because you're naturally in the mid table you want to try and like you know scrape together a team that's even stronger whereas like we said this feels with their move that they're probably going a little bit sideways and we're a little worried about that but i think the funniest thing was just how this tweet was worded, Jay. It, it was, it, it was rookie hour, wasn't it, for Singularity? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of. Um, I mean, the official announcement from Singularity was very bare bones because it was just like we would like to announce the adventure of Godsmiller, and then they linked off to this uh, this uh, article which they have on their website, which doesn't even like make an official announcement. It just has a couple of statements from people. You know, it's like, oh, Godsmiller says obviously it was heartbreaking for me to hear that Noah and Ollie wanted to try out a different third, but I respect that decision. Um, personally, I've been trying out with various players in the hopes of building a strong pickup team to play in the Spring Series with. Uh, Jake has been talking about how they will be trying out Mognus in the Spring Series. Um, um, uh, but you know, in general, it was just sort of a bit of a, a weird one because I was like, okay, well, well okay, this, this is a bit you know, just just the announcement in terms of it, like it, the way it was constructed, was just a bit sort of uh, you know lacking in fanfare. I think more than anything else, because like you got to remember, this is this guy's part of the reason, like it or not, that you're even in the championship series to begin with. In my in, from my liking, you know, like you know, the idea that you would just like just drop him like that, and it's like you know fuck's going on <laughs> it just doesn't yeah. feel like it was uh um it was very well thought out on the part of singularity you know and one thing we will say of course is naturally due to the statement of him being benched rather than just he's uh left the team for example so he's still contracted to singularity from our understanding jay and this could either be contractually um you know it's not to the end and they're not wanting to break that they're looking hopefully to sell him on to another team who knows going forward there or probably the best case result is they're keeping their options open if things don't work with magnus in the spring series they can just be there they're like sorry gods we'll bring you back and continue building up because there's a lot of time of course going on at the moment in the off season so if, if godsmiller comes back i wouldn't be so surprised in if magnus doesn't work out in the spring series you know yeah, I well again we talk about that. We talked about this last week as well and previous weeks how it could fuck up with the you know chemistry and mentality within the team mm. if they brought Godsmiller back knowing that they were like oh we're going to replace you oh no we want you back please come back to us we need a third and it's like you know that that that, that can yeah. fuck with mentality big time you know if you ever want to know about how um uh, uh you know about you know how that could work I mean we got a question in the mailbag about this a little bit later but you know just think about how how it worked with Flakes as he wanted to try out new thirds and they tried to kick him and then they didn't and they they sort of completely fucked up back when complexity was still a thing. So, you know, like it, it again, I feel like that in the short term, it would be an interesting little prospect to see how far they go. But again, I'm not sure this is the right time to make that move. So 
I think all eyes will be on singularity when they try out with Mogus in the spring series, but we'll be kind of be retreading ground with a lot of the talking points in particular to this story because it is just sort of like regurgitating everything. This is now just the official sort of thing. So let's just move on and talk about a, another little story that we saw from the European region. Uh, caught on the um, uh, caught on Rizzo's stream was a little clip of, uh, uh, of Rizzo's friend list as he's looking for people to, uh, uh, to, to play with. Um, he scrolled past uh, a lot. Lots uh, Remco and Greasy uh, all playing in the same private match together. Now, this is my, this is like cropped up rumors left, right, and center about uh, mm. you know whether or not this is actually going to be a thing. Are they going to team again and bring out back the old Weedem Girls side? Was it Weedem Girls that were called under back then? Or I can't oh, remember what... no, a lot was never on the Weedem Girls, but definitely Greasy and Remco were. Uh, that was uh, Northern Gaming with the both of them. Yes. Okay. So bottom line is that everyone's thinking that this is going to be a new team. Um, and outside of this one little clip, I have no reason to see why these guys are going to team together. Um, you know, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, anything's possible with the way that, uh, w- w- with the way that things work in the, in the grand scale of, um, you know, in rocket league, you know, anyone can try it with anybody. Anybody could decide, Hey, let's go ahead and do, you know, X, Y, Z thing and, and, and give it a shout. But yeah, this, um, how do we feel about this team if it is actually a thing? Because there's also the possibility that they're just like, you know, teaming together, uh, play, playing casually or otherwise just managing to see each other in matchmaking and some happening mm. to be in the same lobby. Like, there's a lot of different options well, available it, with this. For, for one, it was a private match, but yeah, these are just free mates. It could just be six mans if they're trying to do that sort of thing. Uh, who knows, realistically. If they make a team together, personally, I don't see this going like incredibly well. Like they'll be able to make RORS, but yeah, this ain't a team that's ever going to be world champions again. It's not even a team that I would say could make even ROCS again. So I I think like the lads that were just having a bit of fun playing together, like you always see pro players do um, in this Reddit thread as well that Jay's linked uh, for us, which was posted up just there yesterday on Reddit, a lot greasy and Remco possibly teaming together. There's also the point of like, you know, because some players might be playing on NA servers in six months. Does that mean they're going to move over to NA? No, they're just having a bit of fun in uh, private matches. That's all I put that down to. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing to take away from this. If they do, uh, let's, but let's just assume that they are going to be teaming for the next, you know, championship series run or rival series play-ins. Do we see them doing anything here in this one, Bacon? Like, realistically? Realistically, no. And I'd expect them to sign up under the name of something like Window Washers or whatever. You know, because <laughs> these, these lads, no. You, you don't. The idea from Greasy last season was good to pick up two new talents. But ultimately, I'd put the problem on him, like I said before, to not adjust and be the true captain of the team. You know, fill in where you needed. And I, I feel like this is just comfortability amongst these threes and being comfortable being complacent when you're not even making it into the rorrs you're just trying to get on and you're not secure there that's not the right way to go you've got to try and push yourself outside of your comfort zone and try and you know beat the new talents that are coming through and we've seen some of these kids that aren't even in rorrs jay they are scary good they just need a bit more mentality to the game you know a bit more rotation and you know strengthen that dynamic which these three guys could give them but they're just not looking for that, it seems. 
I, I honestly love how you've just like placed this as a uh, uh, place them under the t- title of window washers, just because the idea of like you know going seeing legends of this fucking game going to wash windows just seems so fucking funny to mm-hmm. me. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, there's not much to talk about in this story. It was something that somebody wanted us to address, so we'll just go ahead and address it. Like we still need to see a lot more come out from this, whether or not it actually ends up happening. But um, you know, obviously, best of luck to all the players. I don't think Remco's coming back to competitive though, based off of what we've heard from him so far. So let it be let's yeah, see what happens in that we respect said that with Pashi and you know yeah but Pashi they can't was, help themselves but Pashi like wasn't in the Rocket same League, Pashi know? wasn't in the same position as Remco is because Remco was like you know expressed actual sort of like you know upset and, and you know just general sort of like you know life issues with, with playing the mm-hmm. game so you know I, I'm not sure it's the same sort of thing but that's a topic topic for another day let's move on and talk about Bluey uh, because the rumors surrounding the uh, Triple Trouble side obviously have seen Rick's Ronde depart from the roster recently um, uh, and uh, obviously the third man is potentially being uh, uh, picked up and moved into a uh, uh, I- into another slot uh, and the uh, the prospects right now for this uh, for this team are looking relatively positive well that was until yesterday uh, as of us recording this when Scrub went on stream and I uh, was watching the Rogue vs. NRG series for the spring series and um, uh, he made a mention about how Bluey might just ditch Tadpole to team with Scrub Killer uh, in the spring series now Okay, now this is <laughs> right. I'm, I'm not I, at the first point. I was thinking that Scrub was just chatting shit, right? I was thinking he was just mm-hmm. chatting shit just for the sake of, of stowing the shit pot at first because that's just kind of what he does. Um, but then I thought about it and I was like, actually, that might just happen. <laughs> like that, that's the problem. There's some bit of believableness to this and that's worrying for us isn't it like i didn't want to admit but like as i thought about it more and more in my head i was just like there's no fucking way there's no fucking way is there a way there, there, there's is there a, no they can't they, they, no. it's, it's gonna it's, it might just happen mm, yeah exactly i just had that conversation in my head i was like there's no fucking way but there is a fucking way because like to me it feels like and, and, and here's the thing, right? With the with the attitudes that certain players have shown, especially with Bluey and Scrub, I feel like it would be a match made in hell. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> they, it would be a match made in hell. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like it would not surprise me if they just said, "Oh fuck our ex teammates. Let's just go teamy together for the for the sake of uh, of Spring Series." I mean that that brings in the question of whether or not the uh, the third will be um uh, implemented in, and what that would mean for Triple Trouble as well, because like got to remember bluey still has a rival series scrub, scrub doesn't um and i know the idea that the, the, the idea of scrub joining triple trouble has floated around in the heads of several people i don't think that's going to happen to be honest um uh, i don't know what the situation is with this team and and and, and what the situation is with uh, with this uh with this uh, uh rumor and 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 this sort of clip because like it's very sort of weird to hear about it at the moment i don't really know what the uh, what the plan is for these guys because scrub has literally just said oh hey i'm th- th- uh, bluey might ditch tadpole to come play with me instead which i think is counterintuitive more than anything else um uh, i i feel like uh, um I, I feel like that would just be a little bit shitty to like tadpole and shit um uh, which, which you know it's business at also, the end of the day you can go we talk with the- about like the new reformed bluey going down trrs having to pick himself back up and change himself this would be completely against that sort of image that he's trying to put down you know 
Absolutely. That's the other thought. That's, that's the reason why I think it's a match made in hell because it's just like, bro, <laughs> you know, you say you keep you keep working on yourself, and why are you not sticking with your teammate? You know, like <laughs> considering the tadpole has already taken it very very badly with Ronicky leaving Triple Trouble back in the day, and you know how that whole thing went down. You're sort of like looking mm. at this shit, just like, yo, like if you want to be the good guy, this is not the right way to go about it, the man. Like, does you not know? catch a break as well. Like this is one of the most unlucky. Well, that's the other thing as well because on Twitter like. they keep on Twitter they keep talking to each other just sort of like oh we are the we are the fucking um you know we are the the uh, the, the guys that were, done, were that were hard done by in championship series and it's like you're really gonna turn your back on that bluey come on dude um <laughs> but anyway like you know moving on from that i want to talk about the prospects of bluey and scrub together i mean just a, a, as a duo and without accounting the idea of a third player in like does th- does this team theoretically work you i know? would say yes you think like, so? Those two together, I actually think if Scrub was to join Triple Trouble, that would make a very strong team. You know, so I don't know who the third is because this could realistically, like, no Scrub killer. This could be him just stirring the pot and then it gets announced that, yeah, Scrub is the new third man on Triple Trouble, you know, because that is the sort of character he is. So I could actually see that being a very good. Um, because Scrub, as we've seen it in the past, is basically a man that's all over the pitch. He is a very strong rotator all around. You know, he can get an attack. He'll mainly linger about the midfield, but he can then also hold defense, of course. Like, what was it? Not last season, but the season before, he was the best defender, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, and so scrub's quite good on that. You throw in Bluey, who's more attack heavy, they're not going to overlap a lot. Um, you, you could argue maybe he goes north that, but I don't see that problem with this team. And then you hold a third that's more sound-minded looking to fill the gaps like Tapol, and that'd be a good team. But the question there is, Jay, like if they do go together, like if let's say Bluey ditches Tapol and it's Scrub and Bluey, who the heck would be the third? Because I can't think of a single third person at the moment to this team, you know, like that well, you'd think we'd go... Well, 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 that's the key thing, right? Because like the, the, the best thing, the, the best thing I can think of probably is God Smiller at this stage. You know, like that's that's probably the the and and I realize that's not saying much in the grand scale of who we've got on the on the, on the team. You know, because Scrub and Bluey, they are you know world championship material. You know, mm. one's already won a world championship, came close to winning a second one last season. You know, like uh, we we've we've got players in this team who probably are world championship material. I don't think God Smiller fits within that sort of context. Um, not within this particular the team you know i feel like that bluey and scrub will get the attitude that he's dead weight which you know it, 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 i don't know how true that would actually be i don't think that he would fit in well with the team um but other than that yeah like there, there's this fucking no one you know there, there's nobody that you can sort of pick up for this third man uh for for for, for, for this team Ooh. like other than potentially tadpole for example you know like he <laughs> yeah. would be a great captain i feel like to these two uh and and figure out a way to use them in a re- in, in in a way that gives them the the edge in, in above other teams and honestly like you know I, I think that that's the best way to go about this which is why this whole fucking bluey to ditch tadpole thing is a bit fucking weird like i just it, it don't understand it man too calculated for me like i said knowing scrub's personality this is him just trying to you know 
sprinkle a little bit of drama amongst the community and all of that to which when it gets announced he's on triple trouble it's like oh my god what was not expecting that and you're just there going yeah whatever because scrub's been like that all along but if if it's not then i have no idea because you look at these two players and they traditionally go with more known already rlcs players don't they so that's why would they're going we wouldn't know who they would go with maybe extra could be a shout, but I mean, he's trying out elsewhere and it's not really sure what he's doing at the moment. Um, and again, with a lot of RLCS players, if they're going to join this team right now, then they're going to have to requalify through and make this new team. They're going to have to requalify through the RLRS and then try and make it into the RLCS. Like, yeah, that's a long graft. And for Bluey especially, you know, like he better be hoping that it's going to be a long-term project if he wants to go ahead with that. Like, in theory, he could probably catch up in the same level of time as if he stuck with Tadpole and Triple Trouble and making it into the, mm-hmm. the Championship Series next season. Uh, oh, sorry, no, not in the next season, but the season afterwards, so season 11. You know, like that that is the option. That That is the main thing that, that, that he's probably sticking to. Either that or he could team with Scrub and potentially just, you know, smash through the Rival Series. But I'm thinking about Scrub. It's like, does he want to play in Rival Series? You know, like for his long-term sort of career benefit, I don't really know. Like, there's still the rumors that he might end up playing uh, on the singularity side, uh, which uh, uh, you know it, it could be a good pickup for him. Um, you know, th- th- there's a lot of options still available for for Scrub at this moment. So the idea that Bluey would just outright ditch his team uh, to go team with this guy, uh, it seems like it would be a one tournament affair at best if it does end up happening. You know. <laughs> I feel like the way you talk about there, it's more like, you know, Bluey's cheating on Tadpole here with Scrub Killer. Like, he's, he's going and I doing the dirty. I don't mean to make it sound like that. I don't mean to make it sound like that, but that was what this whole fucking story it was pinned does as. feel like that, because like you said, Scrub is sort of like waiting longer for the stones to start falling. Like you were saying, if Magnus doesn't work out on uh, Singularity, then he would be a good pickup for Singularity to try and go for the, the strongest pickup there. And it is sort of there, like, Scrub's just waiting, you know, he's got his nose to the ground, just waiting for the next uh, truffle to come along, and he'll he'll munch that on up if he gets a spot, and he'll take a call to any RLCS team at the moment because y- you want to. You don't want to go down into Rival Series. We've seen what it's like. It's usually ending up in pro teams disbanding for shits and gigs, mm. you know? But anyway... I, I, again, it's very similar to the a lot Remco and Greasy thing. There's still a lot that needs to come out before I say, "Oh, hey, this is going to be a team." So let's just see how it works with Scrub Killer and Bluey. We'll keep you keep you updated here as the podcast rolls on, and certainly we'll be doing any team announcements uh, on our aftershock.com as well. So keep your eyes on that website. But let's move on to a rumor now. A couple of uh, well, one one rumor in particular. Obviously, we're talking about the idea of Triple Trouble to move on. It's nice little uh, you know segue into this one uh, because uh, Shift have reported that Metsonite um is expected to be the uh, uh the third for triple trouble in the spring series so this throws a completely new spanner into the work for the mm-hmm. whole bluey thing because if he leaves then well they're gonna need to find another new third <laughs> to be on the triple trouble side <laughs> um and that would but let's assume yeah exactly you know that, that that would kill the team so let's assume for a minute that bluey is not going to join scrub killer and metanaris will play with bluey and tadpole for the spring series what do we make of this team i think i i quite like this team i think it would be a borderline rlcs rlrs side like you'd be looking at bottom four rlcs top three 
RLRS next current season or like with the current standings anyway, they, they'd be fitting into that category. Because uh, Bluey again, very heavy on the attack. Metza has played very odd throughout the seasons. Like some, ones, like some seasons, he'll just play completely defenses. Others, he'll get up more into the attack. So it just comes down to he'll fit the team as needed. And here I see Tapol stand back a little bit more. And probably doing a little bit of a uh, rotation personally with Metza and the whole focus would be on Bluey. This is why I think the whole Bluey leaving Triple Trouble for Scrub is very bewildering because this right now, this Triple Trouble feels as if it is purposely made around Bluey to support him in his strongest area. And that, if you're a player, is where you want to be, you know, because he's going to be the standout star player for this Triple Troubles team if this does come through with Metza joining them. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see the possibilities there. For me, though, Metzenaris was very underwhelming in his season and, and very, very underwhelming uh, in the promotion playoffs for the uh, for the last season of the, of the championship series. So for me, I was looking at this like, I'm still a little bit... Like the jury's still out for me on this one. I don't mm. know whether or not uh, I don't know whether or not this is going to be a good move until it actually gets into the server. Because Metzenaris, for all we know, like you know, I, he could be a player that gets onto a new team and gets refreshed. Now, obviously, that's kind of what happened after Complexity. You know, after the Complexity, the side uh, ditched him and he moved on to um, uh, uh, he moved on to Weedem uh, X uh, Envy, and then then you know the uh, the the Weedem girls side later on. You know, the, he had like an, a, a performance that sort of really rivals some players and, and really rivals some of his previous performances in, in terms of like, you know, what he did with complexity and, uh, you know, uh, all, all the sorts of other like teams before that. So I, I don't know until we see it in action for this one. Dude. And uh, all, all I have to do is the recent, all I have to go off is the recent history. And I'm not going to lie. I just wasn't impressed with what Metz was doing uh, in the last season of, of championship, you know? So the problem is Metzer is a support player, Jay. And last season on the, uh, you know, TSM side, he was supporting an old man in Zimmer frame and I, I don't know, a wet sock it felt like, you know, that was the TSM case. So how is he meant to support what he can't support, what he's not doing anything? You know, the whole meme of just the, the bloke with a stick poking it going, go on, do something. That's what we all felt with... Uh, TSM and we thought we saw that in the very first season like that first week TSM actually came out the gate swinging we're like what the shit is going on like especially me and then week two they went back to disappointing self and we were like oh no it could have been so good you showed you could play well and then you just threw that all out the window so I reckon this is easily going to be especially with this side the rebirth of Metsa purely because like I said he's a support player and he his job is to support Bluey Louis in attack, supports Hapol in defense, and you've got perfect grounds for him to just continuously look for teammates with Tapo, of course, guiding over those comms from what we've seen in the past. And then he should just be able to do an absolute cracking job. Like, this is why I think, like, after last season, we didn't rank Triple Trouble like incredibly high. We thought they'd be a top three team, but we were always there going maybe on the lower end of that top three. But this one, I could definitely feel like if that team came through, you'd be looking at a top two finish. Well, again, for me, the jury's still out on that one. So I'll keep my eyes on how well they'll do in the spring series, assuming 
This is going to go through. Instead of rumor at this stage, you know, we're still going to mm-hmm. see how well shift, uh, uh, well, oh, sorry, how well Triple Trouble will, will take the whole thing with Bluey, obviously. So, um, uh, uh, you know, and for, and for a rival series, especially, we don't even know if Metsonaris will be on for the team for that. You know, there's still a lot of time between yep. now and that particular point. So, yeah, let's keep our eyes on this story. Again, I want to bring as many updates as possible. I'll do my own digging and see what I can find out. To move on to the end of the news, though, Endpoint have announced a roster move at the uh, at the championship series level. And this kind of came out of nowhere. Um, we did not hear anything about this. Um, I believe that there were talks uh, in the uh, in the rumors of relating Wave possibly wanting to go ahead and play with new people. But Nachital, though, um, I was not expecting him to, uh, to get benched. Uh, so, mm-hmm. yeah, he, he got benched. Um, and again, very similar to the to the Godzilla thing. I don't understand why they did it, Bacon. Yeah, this was a bit of an odd one because for the same reasons as I said with uh, Singularity, Endpoint shouldn't be making a move early. Like if if they're going to make a move, it's purely because of players that have just been made free agents and are available. So for them to go now, I I don't know. Like. It just feels so uncertain. And the problem is, like, Spring Series is going to be a big showing for mm. the Endpoint side. And I feel like with a roster move, they, they pretty much locked themselves out of the four qualification spots, you know, with all the other teams that are about. So I, I hope them well, but I am under no, you know expectations for them to do well i reckon it's probably going to be if if their best result would probably be like a top 16 finish for those four spots i i think it's going to be a pretty tough time considering it is their first competitive competition with a new third man whoever that is that's the other thing as well the other side of the story is who is going to be that third man because you know with him being obviously yeah again like the only thing we've heard has not even come true you know like that, that's the reason why we didn't even report on it uh so you know like i i don't know what we're expecting out of this uh, out of this team now like yeah he's been moved to the bench and now you know who's going to be taking over that that main sort of third man position you know obviously i know that endpoint have uh eclipse there as their coach but i don't think he's really going to be in a position to play um you know i i i, I don't know yeah, I don't know what they do. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know who they go for. I don't know who they uh, decide to pick up. Like, there's a lot of different uh, prospects around, um, but, but I just don't know. You know, I just don't know. I don't, again, it's, it's it's one of the stories that catches me so far out the blue that I literally don't have an answer as to you know where they'll place with their new third or whether who the new third will be. Like, it's mm. so so new and breaking that I, I've got nothing to add. You know yeah that is it so when that comes out as who the new third is i'm sure we'll be reporting on that it's going to be soon come on face it like spring series is blimey next weekend i think it's oc this weekend coming and then it's uh eu afterwards correct uh hold on hold on hold on uh yeah oc is april 28th to 29th so that's this weekend and mm. oh that's the oc qualifier that's this that's that's, that's that's this week and then may 2nd 3rd in the weekend um and then yeah, yeah i'm Europe. correct because i know the qualifier date so yeah next weekend yeah. 9th and 10th will be eu so you basically got a week from today and i like by next monday tuesday will be of course when we see um you know what the final teams are because they've all got to put their names down on smash for the qualifiers 
We'll find out very, very soon. That much is a certain, a certain certainty on the case. But uh, for Natchitoche, obviously, I. I, I, I wish him the best, honestly. I think it was probably one of the better elements of this squad. So um, mm -hmm. uh, let's see where he goes from here. But for now, that's going to be the end of the news for this week. And not a lot that we can break down because it has kind of just been a standard sort of week of news in terms of the roster moves being confirmed and other sort of like things we can talk about. The majority of today's show is definitely going to be in our mailbag and our state of the scene address. Again, the mailbag. If you want to get involved and send us questions and topics to talk about, then you can join the Discord in the show notes and video descriptions of every single episode of the podcast. And uh, click that link, follow it into our community go send a question in the hashtag mailbag channel uh and chances are you'll, you'll hear it answered on an episode of rl aftershock <laughs> so our first question comes in from Velixo. Uh, any changed you could have... I'm not sure how that, what we're supposed to be saying there, but any change you could have... Oh, any chance. I understand. Okay. Yes. Any chance you could elaborate on your sports? Okay, look. If you're going to send a question to the mailbag, can you please spell check it? Because dyslexia is not happy with me. All right? <laughs> like, please, just fucking sort me out here. Anyways, Velixo asking, any chance you could elaborate on your sports? I saw Virtuoso mention them being dodgy as well. I uh, can barely find anything about them other than they're endorsed by a bunch of auction companies, never mind anything negative about them. Um, obviously, this is in, uh, in in combination with the RCD thing we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and obviously, like, you know, uh, as you mentioned, Virtuoso has said some, uh, some shit about uh, them being dodgy. Um, I was going to do some investigation in the build up to this episode, Bacon, because I, I, I was going to take a moment out to have a look into it and sort of like gather some, some testimonies to, to sort of ascertain what's going on with them. But I haven't had time because of the road to Rio. So I, I'm kind of, and then for me, it's a similar sort of thing. Like, I don't know much about esports here other than the yeah. fact that they are there to sort of like, you know, act as a liaison of, of sort of, you know, I don't know what they do essentially, but they're well, sort of like a consultancy agency that's, uh, uh, you know, partner up with like professional football clubs in and around the Spanish and, Spa and, and, and European region. They're, they're essentially just there. They'll like it's the whole business of they'll run an esports department in quotations for you. So you just slap your name onto one of their almost like templates of how to make a team. You know, <laughs> if anything, you they're selling a product of an esports team to all these football clubs, and then they'll just run them off. And the problem is that esports here just see this as a business form, which isn't. A bad thing at all like you know you gotta make money and they're providing this to a lot of football teams which is marketing for them the the only problem is as a player for them or fans <laughs> Sorry, or I, that, just, I just heard i just heard a kid screaming out your window <laughs> so just, uh, <laughs> yeah i should go, i'll close there, my mate. window and i say hey, it's just everyone's in their back gardens aren't there at the moment you know true, so true. kids go and stir crazy anyway um so yeah where it's just a case of the people at the company of Esportia don't really care about the players. You know, it's all money and numbers. So when it comes down to player contracts, you notice that it's very bleh. It's all purely for the money and no passion in the esport itself. So that's why they're... And, and the dodginess is just, you know, a little bit of loopholes and such, like, um, and trying to just rush this along for their company so it looks good. Hence why stuff like, um, what was it, Tox and um, the contract not really being le legally binding is a bit of a dodgy area, but the company doesn't really care. They're just like throwing it on and they'll care about that later because no one's really checking it up because esports is still a bit of a wild west, isn't it? You know, so it's just a company making money at a period of time where they can. Um, 
so, so you mentioned that they just run the teams on behalf yeah. of, of 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 the organizations, right? So like you're saying that they are actually the reason that, that, that they, they are behind FC Barcelona, they're behind Getafe, they're behind uh, uh, Govern and such. They're, they're, they're the ones behind mm-hmm. all, 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 all of these teams. So they are the actual like, you know, not team owners, but they are the guys that are running them per se. Yeah, they're the ones that manage them. That seems a little bit fishy. Um, just a, just a little bit. I mean, I'm not sure what the legalities behind that are. But Can you it, remember it, there was a certain tournament a few, uh, like a year or two back, or two years back probably at this point, which was trying to get um, a lot of Spanish football teams together and that. You know, to run a esports league it, it, across multiple platforms, you would oh, notice yeah, oh, LPE. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, yeah. like, notice how many of those clubs would have been under this sort of like branch, and that's where it becomes very questionable and dodgy. If you've got multiple teams that are being managed by the same organization, they might have complete, you know, like you know, good intentions, not looking to fix anything. But like we were saying the- with the whole Sandrock thing, if you're running a tournament or you you have multiple teams in the same tournament. Like we ask these same questions about G Finty, you know, Jay? Yeah. Like it's fair. You have to ask those questions. But if you've got, say, a 10 team tournament and six of those teams are run and managed by the same company, you're looking at so many possibilities for dodgy action. And when you're in an environment like esports where stuff like betting and gambling are very prominent because that's another avenue to make money. I know it's not in Rocket League, even though it is. You know, it's just not officially sanctioned. If you, if, you, if you search hard enough, you will find Rocket League books. Yeah. And most of them are under, like, official reputable sort of, like, gambling sort of bookies and shit. Um, uh, yeah, that that that's that's the thing, right? That's the main concern. I don't believe that we have evidence to say esports are most certainly fixing matches or doing shit that's mm. shady. But again, with the, the, the same problem crops up with the Sandrock and TEI thing is the fact that there is that possibility there that breaks down the whole thing. It compromises fucking everything in respect to you know competitive integrity um just because the possibility is still there if we see fucking you know um if we see rcd pick up a team they managed to go far and actually beat fc barcelona even the situation where fc barcelona would be better than any rcd squad i think they can pick up right now it's like you know that's fucking sketch as shit you know, that, that, just, just off the basis of that link being there, it's like, well, did they throw the match to give, you know, Getafe or, sorry, uh, RCD a bit more of a, of a leg up? You know, that, that's a possibility. It's entirely it's entirely plausible that that was a thing, you know, and that's all thanks to this esports year link, which is what part of the first thing that I sort of get kicked off when I see all of these big sort of names. And again, several of them have been part of Rocket League in the past. FCB, obviously, we know. Getafe were one of the best Spanish teams to come out of the Renegade Cup at the time. And mm-hmm. RCD obviously mentioned that they were trying to finalize a strategic partnership with Esports here after they dropped uh, Tox and his Merry Men. So there, there's something weird going on with this. And I want to dig into it a little bit more as the show goes on. But it's like when it comes to Esports here, Ask questions constantly. And this actually applies to everything, actually. Constantly mm. ask the right questions. Ask, ask all the questions and scrutinize fucking everything because shit like this has happened before, right? Like, again, I, I've mentioned during the during the TEI episode where I did my rant, look up ES Force and look up Refresh Entertainment and look up all the fucking PEA, you know, look up all these things that Counter-Strike tried to, tried to do. And this sounds quite a lot like that with the exception well, of, you know, ownership and such. The the biggest one you can relate to Rocket League would be back to Mocket 
back when they had both an EU and an NA team. And as soon as they made Worlds, Sinex put their foot down when you can only have one sponsored team, one market team at Worlds. So that's how I do believe back then it went to take free. Um, but that's how that was sort of formed. And this is when it got even more questionable when um, Mocket bought out uh, Pale Horse back in OCE uh, as an organization that didn't really do anything, but it was just for that land event. Nothing came off that, no wrongdoings. But that is when you sort of like question it, because especially with, you know, Rock League Worlds, what was like, you know, what what the chances of, say, a market, maybe if, if they didn't have, um, you know, a team that was making it through the top bracket, say you had... Pale Horse, for example, and Mocket up in the upper bracket, and they could just go. The money is going to be incredibly stacked again, betting for Mocket's win. So you put a lot of money into Pale Horse and throw the game and make money that way, and you can yeah. do that. That 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 is the scariness of the situation. And then, of course, they they've got a good enough team that can make it through the lower bracket. Of course, you make that decision, you know, on the day or whatever, um, depending on circumstances. But that's why you've got to be careful. Of course, we're not, you know, saying anyone did anything in concrete. We're just saying, you know, be careful. It is a thing but, that happens, and but again, you've the problem got to is be not, aware. The problem is not the fact that these things are happening; it's the possibility of these things happening. Mm-hmm. Because there are other incentives as well. It's not just money and gambling. It's also a case of, well, you know, we want our products to do well. So if we have one team taking on another, one team's doing particularly bad in the league. You know, why don't we just get the better team who you know don't lose a whole lot by losing this game, just to throw it away, so we can like artificially boost our boost our shit. Yeah, um, an artificial boost is some shit that's going on really rife in, in, in esports as well. I'm working on yeah. something in relation to the RLCS, um, uh, which um, uh, we're going to be talking about a little bit later on in the show. Um, uh, that's have to do a lot of investigation on, but certainly something that might interest a couple of people. Um, and the fucking, like, uh, the, 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 the level of connection that esports here has is something to, at the very least, be, you know, wary of. Um, for me, I'd be personally concerned about it because like shit like this I've seen before and it's never ended well. Um, so, you know, with the sports here, I mean, in terms of the individual player interactions, I don't know much about it, but from a wider business range, it's, you, you, we, we, we sort of look into it a bit more, I think. And mm. uh, again, whenever you see anything on esports here and anything in general, again, just question the fuck out of it. Just, you know, well, scrutinize it beyond belief the, the, anyway. There's big reasons, like, say with the players and their contracts, the contracts provide safety, but let's just say Barcelona were to, you know, win Welds, for example. Over that one season, they'd make more money for, uh, being uncontracted than they would under a contract. So there's a lot of things that are very awkward in that and they're very much a business heavy focus rather than the benefit of the team they're not looking to really grow their team they're just there purely for the brand which works in a lot of sense because the best team for marketing towards rock league right now i would say is barcelona you look at their instagram interaction you look at what they're doing across the board and they are promoting the shit out of their rock league team which is fantastic to see you know and you don't get that from even some of the even bigger names in rocket league team wise mm. and it and you can see it's purely because they're doing it as a marketing point and they know the heaviness of this whereas if you look towards let, let's just say um i'm trying to think right now of another team let's say dignitas yeah they'll do their stuff with um you know the team during regionals and that but most of the time it's just more it feels more like an obligation 
to them rather than them actually trying to heavily focus. And this can be like shown by, what is it, the Fnatic uh, game that Colin Stumpy casted um, the other day where they got the Fnatic uh, CS team to play up against the FCB team. And that that's just like part of why this team could be good. You know, you can see it as it's fantastic for the marketing of Rocket League, but you do have to be careful because they are looking at it from a business perspective. And if it would help them, you know, money-wise to maybe fuck up the team, they could do that. Like you were saying, like throwing games, if it would help their other projects. There's a lot of digging that needs to be done, though. So um, uh, mm. I, I, I'm going to look into this a little bit more. Again, I had intentions to get some details up before the show, but I've just been busy as fuck. So, um, uh, yeah, just uh, keep your eyes on these sports here and keep your eyes on everything. Again, thank you very much, Flixo, for your question. Let's move on and talk uh, with Chewy as he sends us a question for the mailbagger. I know this is an NA question, but just go with it. Uh, first, Killer made a comment about how he just got to survive one more season and make another upgrade, clearly saying he plans on kicking Kronovi. Um, uh, do you think this will cause another situation like complexity where Flakes wanting to kick Greasy seemingly destroy the team? And what effect do you think this can have on first career as a whole? Now, um, I, I think that given the given the situation with Cloud9, uh, for those of you who you know only who are like uh, mm-hmm. the, the, the only follow this podcast for the eu side of things um uh, like there was an intimation that some um, first killer uh, was going to go to cloud nine um that got blocked because his buyout was fucking stupid um uh, utterly fucking stupid like um, I, uh, I would imagine he's got the highest buyout in the whole of rocket league if not for turbo pulsar like, i'd reckon turbo is probably up there as well i mean as, as a, a different come, well, he's probably the highest buyout of any prospect transfer you know let's put it that way okay mm. like you know i don't think turbo is going anywhere from uh, from NRG, like you know i, I think they're going to hold on to him like a tight brick like he's probably got some fucking infinite buyout clause just to be like look you're <laughs> going to be paying us forever if you want to be fucking you know taking the one of the best players in all of rocket league ever onto on, on away from us like you know that that's probably the situation but with first killer like you know um obviously i mentioned this in the aftershock article um uh, but his buyout clause was like six figures um and uh, the prospect for cloud nine obviously was that hey they were going to get a new start with this kid make build the team around him um obviously that didn't happen because uh, money's tight in these days especially with corona and uh, fucking um you know it, the transfer got blocked first killer is going to be staying on, on on the rogue side um uh, uh and obviously the intimation here as you mentioned is that he plans on kicking Kronovi. um to air it in such a public fashion is probably a bit of a, a suspicious moment but it ties back into the Godsmiller thing we are talking about earlier in the sense that hey if you're planning to make roster moves um, it is business but there is also a mentality aspect to uh, to, to, to bring to the fold and mm-hmm. um, uh, I think that you know with any roster move you need to think very carefully about whether or not that roster move will be appropriate for them has First Killer done this given the circumstances I don't think he has I think he's acting I think his, his comments were made in a very emotional sort of state of mind because he almost got out of Rogue and he almost uh, went to cloud nine with a prospect with, 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 with teams and players that I still think have potential to do some damage in the North American scene, uh, you mm. know, and possibly even the world stage, you know? Yeah. And when, when you look at this as well, there's also the point of mentality in rocket league is still there that the players make the transfer. There's no like realistically, and it feels a little bit like this probably happened with endpoint of you go to your org and discuss it with them first that you want to make this transfer instead of, like Cloud9, um, from we heard there was even scrims with First Killer before, like, you know, it was going, no, you can't make that transfer. We're not paying the, like you said, six-figure sum to have this kid in the team when we were already paying three players that made it, you know, the improvements we've seen from Cloud9 this season, you just got to improve again. Like, that's the 
org looking at that. That's Cloud9 looking at it and going, you just got to work harder, lads, instead of trying to use, you know, use a cop out. This is our money, not yours. This isn't something you can throw away. And again, that's just player mentality. And this differs in other games purely because, you know, you've got larger teams. Generally, you have a captain who has a lot heavier of a say over the team, don't you? In say something like CS, and they would be more closely talking to their org to make these decisions. But in Rocket League, where and again, we'll go on to this a little bit later, but the two-thirds mentality, it can, and we've seen this in old seasons, be a case of you can fuck up an entire team just because, one, you think there needs to be a change to the team and you don't want to lose out on your spot. I mean, I mean, the two-thirds mentality thing is bad. We're going to come to that in a, in a follow-up mm. question, so we'll stay away from that for the moment. But, um, yeah. uh, you know, I, I think that obviously, like, what, it's one of the elements that people don't really think about whenever they're trying to make transfers is the fact that, hey, this could actually, you know, wreck the mentality of the team because um, uh, if first looking to make fucking um, uh, uh, moves, you know, when he's looking to... Uh, um, Let's say, for example, he's looking to make a, a roster change and he's looking to try and uh, uh, and kick someone like Kronovi. Well, you know, how does uh, uh, how does Tyrion Tiro feel, feel about that? You know, like how how does he think uh, w w with these two players? And obviously, Kronovi is you know such a, a fucking legend in the game. You know, like he's been to I think every single World Championship, um, uh, uh, or not every World Championship, excuse me. Um, every single uh, you know, he's been part of every single edition of of, of RSCS ever since season one. Yeah. So you know, like he he's 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 one of North America's sort of greatest, you know, I'd say it probably is. I don't, I don't think, I don't think the turbo of, of North America is the right sort of word to, uh, <laughs> to, to, to say, um, but you, you kind of understand my meaning, you know, he's sort of like one of the most decorated players in, in, in the fucking region. Close, it's like close to the cooks with, uh, how long he's been yeah, okay. around. That, that, that's, that, that's a better, that's a better comparison. Cooks here. He's, he's cook. He's the cooks here of, uh, of North America. And for Turin Chiro, especially, you know, like there could be like a, a level of mutiny in that respect. So he'd be like, actually, no, fuck you first. I want to play with Crow. And it's like, well, now we've got a situation of a power dynamic going on. And it's like, well, if he agrees with first and then they get rid of Kronovi and they can't find an appropriate third, then we've got a situation where, well, as you say, they've taken out one of the most experienced members of the roster and now they're fucked. You know, like, mm -hmm. when you make a roster move in Rocket League, especially, like it is so, so affecting it affecting is that the right word it, it, it messes with the uh, it messes yeah. with the entire dynamic of the team and we've seen that before you know again as Chewy mentioned you know with with complexity like flakes obviously wanting to kick greasy had a massive mental impact on the team and they couldn't win a single game in the season prior to that complexity the original complexity <laughs> roster back when they kicked Metzenaris and brought greasy back in fucked them up for the following season or two you know like they had a really really bad time together and you know this is all off the back of some really good performances Obviously, they came third place at the World Championship prior to the Metzenaris move, and Flakes rejuvenated uh, complexity to the point where we thought they're going to be world champions next season, and obviously that didn't happen. So we're in some really weird situations when it comes to roster moves, and when shit spills out into the public eye especially, it just makes it worse. It really doesn't. This is why, like, when it came down to stuff like the endpoint transfers going on right now, like, of course, we, we base a lot of our show on these rumors and transfers and all of that, but we really, like, recognize the professionality with endpoint here. And if anything, like, applaud them, don't we, Jay? Because it actually hurts the scene more by being this open and you know dramatic about it all than just keeping things under wrap and then when it needs to come out it comes out through the right channels i mean 
well, we have differing opinions in that respect. So, you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll leave you to that, B. Um, uh, uh, it, it's a very complicated subject to talk about, you know, like mm. um, uh, it, it, it could well cause a situation with complexity or they could find a new third who really works pretty well. Um, for now, though, they've got to stick with it and uh, they've, got to, uh, they, they've got to make it happen. And for the next season, that's going to be tough considering that first has already made sort of like, you know, um, has made intimations that he wants to make a, a, a change to the team uh, going forward. So... Uh-huh. Their recent results in the spring series weren't too bad. So if they can build up, then hopefully he can change his mind. But first killer's not been, I would say, hurt by the real reality of Rocket League. Just that, yeah, you know, it was his first season. They did okay, but going forward, like it, you, you have to be hit down before you, it really starts to, you know make you realize how fickle and how fragile your career in esports can be. Indeed, and especially in Rocket League. And we've got more to talk about that later on in the show. So definitely stick around for that. Thank you very much, Chewy, for your question. We'll go to Juicy next. Not so much a question, but more a topic. Um, uh, uh, he says, uh, million pound or million euro bet on the discussion moving to how fucking stupid the current two-thirds system is. Um... Is it stupid? Who, I mean, I've never. Who, who gets that one million euros? That, that's the question right here, Jay. Come on. I, I, I want to fucking get it. Like, fuck it. Let's, like, if, if that's a legitimate bet, right? Let's start making Aftershock the way to push people into talking about the two thirds system because I want a million euros. I'll fucking take a million euros right here. That'd be great in these current times. But obviously, let's talk about the two thirds system, obviously, because, like, Juicy seems to think that it's stupid um uh, and we respect all opinions at aftershock um but also it's my opinion that that opinion is pretty stupid <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love that response the council <laughs> i respect the council's decision right now but <laughs> the council's decision but the council's made a stupid fucking decision so i'm electing to ignore it yeah, no yeah. um <laughs> i actually like the two-thirds system what's the, um, the alternative uh, this is the this, this is the point what's the alternative to this jay that the ore calls onto the spot oh boy yeah, no, that that can lead to some severe fuckery. Like th- at that point, we might as well just move to a franchise system. And fuck that yep. noise! Uh, absolutely not. I do not believe that's a good idea. Um, the thing with two thirds is that I, I I get it because like there's only it very it's very restrictive compared to something like Counter Strike where you've got three fifths. Um, uh, you know, because like at that point you can make a couple roster moves here and there. You have a few more options and a little bit more breathing room and lax uh, when it comes to the rosters as a whole. But like. It's not right to say one third because, you know, that will just completely wreck any team, you know, a- 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 any level of core that a team would have with a, uh, a, a, a within the context of, of a tournament. Um, and I, again, I don't think that the organization should own the spot. I think they should go to the players because that that's ripe for corruption, in my opinion. Um, mm. So, like, what is the alternative? I, I, I like the two third system because it keeps the spot and power with the players, um, uh, <laughs> e- 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 even if, you know, sometimes it's probably not justified, you know? Yeah, the problem is not the two-thirds system. It's the players. Players are dumb, Jay. We know this. We talked about it many a time before. What was that quote and, one in Twitch chat? Uh, yeah, in, 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 so. the yeah. in the Aftershock Twitch, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it is that point of, like we said, in the early days of Rock League, uh, transfer moves were more so made out of fear that you were going to be the one that gets dropped. So it's like, which are the two better friends on each roster and then stick together? These days, it's more feeling like, oh, you might have not had a good performance this season. Because, like, when we look at say cloud nine still trying to get rid of torment for example i think 
pound for pound, Torment's the best player on that fucking team. Yet he's the one getting dropped. Like, uh, that is bewildering for me. Maybe Gimmick is actually the better one. Like, realistically, if I was to change one of those players, it'd easily be Squishy. But the point is that Squishy and Gimmick are looking at each other going, no, we think we're the better duo to stick on. We want this new third man. And they've made that decision. They've got it in the head. That's just what happens, really. The, The difference is, like... The, the better option is maybe to stick as a trio that's looked towards G2 this season, you know, instead of making that easy get out and getting a new third player on in, they went back to the drawing board. They got each, uh, they got together in a playhouse for, I think it was a month or two and really just hashed it out, put tons of work on in to rejuvenize the team. And I mean, now they're the best team in America, hands down, you know, like that's what you do. I think with Rocket League, the problem is the players and this very young mentality to always try and find a quick get out instead of knowing like with a real sport, it is a long graft. It is long, hard work and you've just got to, you know, put the effort in, put the work in, you'll get the results. You can't just instantly make one change and suddenly you're magical. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and that's the main thing, right? Like you, with, with any sort of sport, it takes, a, or any competitive field, it takes a long time to get to where you want to be. Like no one becomes a world champion overnight. You know, no one becomes the greatest in, in a single in a single tournament. No one ever does that. Uh, you know, and it's the same with any sort of real valuable career path. Like, you know, we've been grinding casting for a very long time. Me personally, I've been doing this for, you know, pushing five and a half years. You know, like it, it's, it's taken a long time for me to get to the point where now I'm working with some of the biggest tournament organizers uh, in, in the fucking world so you know like it, it takes time for any team to go to that point and with Rocket League it can be very easy because obviously like you know teams can form and, and, and dissipate at a moment's notice um, but it's not always the right call and Sionics realized this as well which is why they implemented that two-third system in the first place remember the main reason when they went to you know having a promotion relegation system in, in championship and rival series um, the main reason why they implemented the two-thirds rule was to make sure that teams didn't fucking just disband in the same sort of way uh, when they reached the oh. rival series level I mean that's not worked. Uh, I'll tell you that right now. But that, there's another reason for that later on, uh, which we'll uh, be talking about on the show. But in seriousness, like there's there's no real good alternative to the two third system. And I mean, if you do, then juicy, absolutely feel free to slide into the mailbag and give us another mm-hmm. uh, give us another shout, and we'll debate that on the show next time. You know, um, uh, obviously you can get involved in a conversation in the Discord as well. But uh, for me, like I like two thirds, and, and in that respect, I'd, I wouldn't want to change it for anything. But again, thank you very much for your topic suggestion in the mailbag. Our final mailbag question comes in from Trox, and I'm so happy he asked this bacon. I'm so fucking yep. happy he asked this because I was looking for an excuse to talk about this uh, on a European podcast and it is as follows what are your guys' take on Psyonix once again trying to adhere to the American sports viewer with that kind of interesting screening on ESPN2 now if you were watching North American Spring Series, especially last night on Sunday the 26th, uh, where they had um, that, uh, what's his name? I keep forgetting what his name is. Land- Landon, Landon Donovan. Donovan. Landon Donovan. So they announced on the uh, chat on the on the Rocket League Twitter that they would be bringing him in uh, on the ESPN broadcast uh, to uh, uh, basically be part of the commentary team for Rocket League. Now, I had a couple of feelings about this. I was like, number one, this feels like it's going to be uh, a disaster uh, prior. Of course, this is is my thoughts prior to the whole thing. So I was like, they are bringing on somebody who has never had any Rocket League broadcasting experience to come and do the biggest tournament that we've got right now 
in the Rocket League space. And uh, I was like, that seems like a very backwards hiring decision. But I can also see him potentially being like a sort of like host. Maybe they might bring him on the sort of like, you know, just to sort of like, you know, have a, a not not like, you know, sort of like it's a gimmick. question, you know, not, not as a gimmick per se, but it's like, no, look, here's the thing, right? I think you could fit someone like Land, Landon, I think you could fit someone like Landon Donovan into a position where it's like, oh, he's like maybe the, the, the show host or the desk host. And he's like, he's the guy asking the questions. Like, okay, so why do they do this? Why do they do that? You know, maybe he could build some storylines in that respect because, you know, being a host does mm. not require you to have knowledge and i think that that could have been a great way to 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 to, to present him and i was like okay well do you know what that would be a great idea let's let, let's let's keep an open mind about this without criticizing it early and what do they do they did the stupidest fucking thing in the world and they just put him <laughs> as like the, the secondary color caster and the product was fucking atrocious. Now, not just from a gameplay and analysis subject, like not only do they have absolutely no fucking concept, like they also had no chemistry between um, LeafX, James Bot, and Landon. Like there was fucking none of it right there. Like he kept asking questions and he kept giving a lot of dead air. Like, you know, he very clearly didn't understand what esports broadcasting is in comparison to football broadcasting. Um, and that completely ruined the spring series for the average viewer. Now I understand people are going to be like, look, it was not for us. It was for the TV viewer. Fuck that logic. Okay. I'm just going to say that right now. We don't have to compromise for the sake of getting a TV spot. It's not worth <laughs> it to compromise well, no, for getting it's a TV the point spot. Of, like you said before, with this broadcast style, if it's for the TV viewer, good. You've had the TV viewer for 30 seconds, then they've switched off because they're so fucking bored. <laughs> like, that's the problem right there. That's the key thing, right? What makes esports exciting? In a lot of cases, it's actually the casters because the casters are fucking godlike, okay? Like, I think probably, I, I would say esports casters, like, at the top end of their field are better than sports broadcasters in general. Like, you know, like, and that's why the fucking, like, the way the Sonics do things baffles me because they're trying to be like sports broadcasters when we should be doing our own fucking thing. And this is just more to the point of that. Like, you know, I, I appreciate that Landon Donovan was supposed to be, like, you know, a, a, a big name to attract people in terms of name value mm. Because he does work for ESPN. So I wouldn't be surprised if ESPN said this has to be in place if you want to be on ESPN too. But why do we have to make that compromise over and fucking over again? E-League proved that we can do a product that fits both and it work. Okay, right? Like, understand that E-League Cup for Rocket League got the highest viewership among or, or, or among sort of like the highest viewer numbers um, during the year that it ran for both excuse me, for both of the years that E-League ran the, 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 the E-League Cup. And should be noted, by the way, these are the same years that E-League got CSGO majors, okay? Mm. That's fucking insane when you think about, you know, how good that product was, how good the tournaments were. No one has a bad thing to say about E-League, but everyone's got a bad thing to say about Spring Series because of the way that we had to compromise for this shit. Like, we don't have to do this. We absolutely do not have to do any of this shit. Like, just do the fucking product that we've always done, put it on TV, and and, and go for it. And if, if, if ESPN are like, no, you've got to do our thing, well, fuck you. We've got Twitch. We've got Twitch to do it on. We've got YouTube to do it on. You know, we've got loads of fucking platforms. We don't have to, we don't have to be on TV. Like, understand that we're going through a, a scenario right now where online broadcasting is becoming more prominent than TV broadcasting. I know that seems backwards, but give it a, give it a decade. Give it a decade and we will be in a much different position like Twitch and YouTube and Netflix and stuff. They will be the go-to platforms for entertainment. And then linear TV will just be on the way out. You know, that's just the mm. truth of the matter. Like, you know, the numbers speak for themselves. Twitch's viewership and sign up rate and their numbers are on the up. TV is on the down. And yes, TV still has the prominence because it's been there for fucking 80 years, but that's going to change us someday. And that day is coming soon. So 
on a more positive note, Jay, <laughs> the, the biggest thing that annoyed me about this is that you could have easily done this a million times better as well with yeah. the format that they wanted. So straight up, um, let's say that they wanted to keep the host because that's what people got acclimatized to, Leaf, and Donovan in there. So one, Leaf, I cannot remember the last time he actually ever casted that I've been back probably, what, season five, season six now? Uh, off the top of my head, I do believe season six is brought on to be hosting season seven, I'm correct. So way back way back so realistically in this as well he wasn't that much of a color caster he was more asking questions uh to either donovan or he was just picking up on points explaining a little bit so it's a bit of a weird mixture role and donovan was just there to ask questions of like oh is this like normal what happens in all of this and the second was like trying to make a more comparison to football or for the american soccer you know and James was in a weird sort of case of he was doing play by play, but then having to really dumb it down whilst making it entertaining and just didn't know what to do. I saw yeah. a post out on Reddit that said James is doing a fantastic job given the current circumstances. James was doing a job given the circumstances, <laughs> was not doing a good job of it. Like we know, because we've done well, right, broadcasts look, like these to investors and that, haven't we? In exhibitions yeah. and all of that. So we here, know, like, comparing to that, it's not the same thing. What they should have done, and there are two very easy choices of this, was either go for uh, Wavepunk, who's had to do a very similar job, but for uh, Twitch rivals, you know, across many different games for a more casual audience, or you go for the one lad who has done solo casting them built an entire career off of solo casting johnny boy too much easier role too much easier casters there that are more used to a simplified role or you know that solo casting role and johnny boy's casting i think would have handed perfectly towards this so it just makes me then go to whether it was dreamhack who are doing the production or psionix i don't know who because we don't know who is really running the show around the broadcast i, I, I think it was dreamhack wise. actually based mm. on the fact they're using dreamhack accounts i think actually they gave it to they, they gave spring series to dreamhack which just i think is a really fucking positive wrong. sign um, oh yeah given the fact that dreamhack ran the best tournaments of the year last year um uh, hands down by the way like this this kicks the shit out of last yeah. season's you know the last season world championship you know what dreamhack did um you know but like i just even then there's the other alternative as well is to create it's something that d-man suggested uh, for those of you who don't know d-man former league of legends caster former counter-strike caster currently looking to possibly move into valorant as well um uh, he made a mention about espn picking up some a bunch of esports and he said it's pretty obvious now that we need to see this shit you know go to an alternative broadcast for the ESPN audience, which I think actually bacon, that could be a great way mm -hmm. to do things. You know, like we've seen that done a couple of different times in other sports, sort of sports broadcasts. Personally, I would like the E-League approach of just making a product that fucking works for everybody, you know, like because it can be done and it's probably been done. Um, but you know, like with the, with the fucking, uh, uh you know, with, with the idea of ESPN doing their own broadcast, like at that point, you've got a compromise that works for everybody. Landon can now be a part of the ESPN broadcast. Now you've got your shit, you know, you've got your guys there. You can bring in some other commentators. You can bring in some entertainment personalities. You can bring in Summers Khan and shit and have him sit in the studio and give some basic explanations about what's going on there. You can bring in other community commentators as well and have them do this fucking, uh, uh the, the, uh, uh, the ESPN broadcast. And they could also be like a bit more of like a, they could do like a bit more explanation in, in place of what mm. the, the 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 spring series guys will be doing for the main broadcast and shit but obviously that's not going to happen because very clearly I, I think here's the thing i think it's partially down to a little bit of espn wanting to have their own product in there and having their own stamp on things and i think that all in all because of that 
they ruin the esports product. And, and again, I will say this right now: we've done this before. Like th- th- there, there is two and a half decades of esports new, history yeah. that we can pull from. And there was a product that I know of uh, that, that you might have heard of it, Bacon, uh, called the CGS. Do you remember this? <laughs> yep. Yep. It was a fucking disaster because this, because of shit like this, because they did, they desperately did everything to change the video gaming landscape to fit the TV audience. And it was dead within two years. It was pinned to be the next big thing. It was dead within two years. And partially that was because it was like around 2008 before we saw the global like market crash and shit. But even so, with the product that we had, the mainstream esports audience was alienated. The, uh, the 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 mainstream audience in general had no fucking interest. So, like, you know, you, you ruin the whole thing. And that set esports back probably, like, years. Um, and let's, let's not do that again here with Rocket League. Like, we're on the ropes as it stands already. Like, let's just fucking not, please. On another <laughs> note, by the way, on a more personal note, and I realize that, obviously, I'm going to start bigging up my own fucking head. How many... T- kicks to the balls do i have to take when i see shit like this on broadcast like look let's not let's not lie here the casting was fucking terrible it was fucking atrocious mm-hmm. and again i don't blame lee for james for that like they were put in a very bad situation all things considered and you know i think that they were probably more better hires but they were the ones that were given the job they made the best of what they could do but as a caster myself to see guys like landon being picked up and him fucking getting the the big dick energy from the main broadcast like man i've been doing this for three years I've been doing this for three fucking years at a community level. And it's like, and, 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 and people like us are not viewed as, 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 as good enough. I'm going to expand on this during the, uh, during the state of the scene address in a minute, but yeah. you know, like fucking hell, man. Like I, I watched that for about like three games during the, during the, during the ESPN section. And I was just like, mates, I can't fucking do this. You, I turned you it got, off. You got further than me. I'll give you I, that. I turned it off. I turned it off. Cause I'm just like, man, like, fuck, I the fuck, problem as well, and I will say it was alleviated. It was a shit match then in the finals. Like that made it even worse, but it was not hype. And that that's the thing. When you got poor gameplay going on, even if it is the finals, that's when you need hype casters to try and make it interesting in that. So the the whole idea to go over to this more explanatory style when it's a very simple game, like I'd understand it if it was CS on TV or League of Legends, because well, heck, I don't even know what the fuck is going on in League of Legends. So when it comes down to Rocket League, which is the simplest idea of get ball in net. Cars can fly. You can pick that up in five seconds. So why do you need to continuously try and explain everything out? Just go super hype for it as if for, and the worst case scenario is like you're trying to watch football in Spanish. You can't understand what the heck they're saying, but heck is it good to watch because it's so exciting. You know, (laughs) it's that sort of mindset to come into it. There's a great clip on Reddit where, um, uh, was it Garrett G was watching the, uh, was watching the stream on his own stream. And he was talking about like how, you know, he, he was talking about how, basically they're just explaining the most basic principles of rocket league which you can kind of gather from just watching it and like that basically breaks down the entire casting like mate yeah it it, it perfectly summarizes it right there that whole clip and, and it, it, the biggest annoyance there for me is that landon donovan guy didn't even know what rocket league was coming into this he knew it was absolutely a game. probably was told it's car football that's all it is and he was just asking again the most basic of questions because he hadn't spent an hour just looking up on youtube what it was all about well, and that's that, the key thing right? the that's the key problem. thing that's the key thing that's one of our pet peeves lack of research 
do it. If you're going to go on a fucking broadcast, just do the basics of looking up a fucking VOD or Liquipedia or anything like that. Like, you know, at least the rival series casters did that. And they had no experience coming into doing, you know, Rocket League prior to that. that yep. Land made a fucking fast of it. Like, just straight up. I know I'm going to get a lot of shit for that, but fuck it. I don't care. Like, you know, they they they, they compromised for the sake of ESPN. They brought they, they brought this on themselves. And, you know, fuck, fuck NA for Spring Series is what I'm saying. Anyway, thank you, Trox, for your question. Thank you to everybody else who sent questions in for the mailbag. Again, if you want to get involved, and it's very easy to get yourself known on the show. You can send us a question or a talking topic in the mailbag section of our Discord channel. It's in the show notes and video description of every single episode of the podcast. Click that link, get involved in the discussion, get involved in the Aftershock community uh, right about now. Okay. Like I was saying at the top of the show, we've got no new results to bring to you. We're waiting on Superstar League to get kicked off bacon. So um, uh, Mm -hmm. right now what we'll do is we will bring to you a feature. We'll bring back a feature that we did uh, at the... uh March end of last year, you know, we, we were about a month late with this one. I plan to do it within this year of a, a space of a year, but we're roughly in the same sort of position. And again, I encourage for you, if you have not heard the state of the scene address from 2019 to go to episode 24 of the show and listen to what we did back then, because this kind of going to be very relevant to what we're doing here today. Um, uh, we are going to be revisiting a couple of topics that we talked about, and we're going to be doing what we like to do is what, what I call the state of the scene address. The best way to describe it is like the state of the union address, except if it was for Rocket League. And we're going to be talking <laughs> about all the main talk, talk, talking topics, all of the big things from the last year of discussion in, on the Reddit thread, on everything else that we've sort of like seen. And we're going to have a conversation about this and talk about various bits and pieces from the scene that we find objectionable or otherwise just sort of want to have a, 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 a open up a dialogue about mm-hmm. with us and with the community as well. So that's going to be the general idea of what we're going to do here. And again, a lot of the talking points that we're going to bring up here are also to be found in the last episode, uh, in, in the 24th episode of the show. So again, if you want to get some context behind what we're talking about, then I encourage you to go back and listen to that episode. So that's my starting statement, Bacon. <laughs> it is really yep. an address. So I'm um, uh, we'll like- some some is positive, like just hold on, guys. I mean, it will mostly <laughs> be negative, but some is positive, which is good. Let's put it this way, right? If you are willing to have your perception challenge, you'll quickly realize. And if you if, if your perception is that Rocket League is the greatest esport, and you're willing to have your perception challenged, your perception will be changed by the end of this episode. Let's put it that way, okay? <laughs> Let's begin. So. Uh, last time that we had a chat about in-game org items was actually, but prior to, was actually on the announcement of the in-game org items. Like we talked yeah. in, 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 in broad strokes since that point. But I wanted to start with this topic because I feel like it's one of those things that have sort of faded into uh, the the back of people's minds since it was implemented. And while it has been implemented, and I'm really happy about that, I still hate the shop. I still fucking oh. hate it. Like it is, it's still so dumb to me. Like, why can't we just have a marketplace where we can buy the fucking in-game items for the teams that we wanted to support? Like it's just, this rotating stuff really just makes no sense to me. And I find it so stupid, Bacon. Since day one, we've been there just going, just copy what Overwatch did, you know, quite easily make team colors and that pre-purchase with a logo on it that can be implemented and largely what we are asking for since day one was fucking away colors jay because right now if like i'm just going to say from a caster's perspective when everyone is driving around in black cars because that's just predominantly esports in the whole it's a wedgie it, you can't figure out who's on which team even worse is like with the reciprocity decount when there's a blue player using that and you're just there going why why do you make this harder, not only for yourself, but your teammates to figure out who you are? Because, I mean, players are dumb. So they're looking across, looking for a blue car, and all they're seeing is orange. They're not going to give a pass across. Come on. Why, why are you doing that to yourself, buddy? 
Yeah, and, and and that was one of the frustrating things for me as well. But it's like, you know, just the idea of buying an, an, an esports item can sometimes be a challenge for some people. It's like, yo, come on, mm. guys. Like, you know, it's 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 so basic to do it because like you've got it for every other item in the game. Why not just copy that marketplace and put it into the esports shop? Like, <laughs> I, I know the argument is we have to be different. No, you don't have to be different. Just be good. <laughs> just be good for fuck's sake. Yeah. You know, that's all they I want. They to make a, uh, their own system because there is no other system for making esports items it's like that's going back to even when they said it and you're just there going really have you have you just not done like a five minute quick search of what cs or what like i said overwatch just because i love the overwatch system questionable game with its esports but the actual esports items and purchasing is so good like you cannot like that is the perfect template i'm just saying Absolutely. And I, I have to agree with that respect. So just fucking just sort it out, guys. Um, that's one of the big things with the in-game items. I know a lot of people don't talk about it because it is like a bit of a regurging topic, but that's kind of what State of the Scene is supposed to be about. Like, you know, let's let's get some improvements to the in-game items um, and the marketplace that it's used. Um, the other thing as well is that we're still not seeing the inclusion of a lot of uh, you know great teams and organizations involved. Um, we haven't had anything on the announcements to bring uh, Endpoint into the fold as of right now. Um, mm. uh, obviously, Reciprocity are going to be fading out so we need to think about how genji are going to get involved in this one and uh, for a team that also transferred organizations in while they're in the championship series like if there's any delay to that team getting its in-game in-game items like i think that would be a great travesty as well as that we still haven't seen organization items for singularity and fc barcelona who have been part of this uh, scene for like what three four seasons now yeah and they still have not seen a an, an, an in-game item which we've talked about the legalities behind teams like fcb being involved but it's like what is the delay in, in terms of the other organizations getting involved so it always seems like science's rule and this did sort of come up i can remember it was they've got to spend a season within the rcs before they can get those uh org items in game so their second season they'll get them so expect endpoint singularity to get them this next upcoming season but that's september that's after being a year within the esports scene you gotta think and for a lot of orgs i mean it was enough to do stuff like push ninjas in pajamas uh nip away you know jay so yeah that's very telling and then you've also got the stuff of like still even after all this time we only get two cars with esports items on it the octane and the uh dominus like the move out the request the complete yells out for even the fennec and we're not talking about any other uh items of course i can understand that maybe it's down to them more personally designed around certain cars but why did you have to make it like why couldn't why didn't they just go with say a sticker system instead why do they have to make them so nuanced and you can tell as well from the back of this that Sonics needs to grow its team because you you look at the uh you know the i'm gonna say battle pass i think it's rocket pass yeah um items and how many of those are just like regurgitated forms of previous items that are already out there just slapped on a different car and you can see that it's probably down to the team not being a big enough size to be able to fulfill that sort of need you know yeah, and I, I mean, I can I can understand where people would be left out in that respect, but since everyone has the Octane and the Dominus, like, you know, I don't think it's too mm. much of a worry in that respect. Um, uh, uh, I, I would like to see more inclusions. Like, obviously, we had a, uh, a big thing in, in Madrid last year where we did the show and everyone was like, well, what should we include in the esports shop? And I'd like to see other things like antennas and such and wheels being added. So, you know... Um, I'd, I'd like to see some of those things get implemented. Um, uh, uh, but like, it, it seems like that probably won't end up 
that being the thing. Um, uh, another thing I also wanted to talk about actually is player specific items because for organizations, obviously it's great them having team items, but like, I don't know how much that rubs off to the players because we don't know how much is given to the players. Probably um, nothing. Uh, and, Probably, yeah, probably nothing. But like Counter-Strike have a system in place where, you know, where they where they, they separate between organizations and teams. Um, in particular, uh, there's obviously these, the signature capsules um, where you can buy signature stickers that you can place on your gun skins in Counter-Strike. And those signatures are courtesy of the players, 100% of the, uh, of, of, obviously, Valve take their cut. But the, uh, the rest of it all goes directly to the players' bank accounts and the organization doesn't touch it. Whereas the org stickers for the actual teams themselves goes directly to the organization and that sort of like goes you know in, in in how they split that and it's like how cool would it be to get a fucking turbo pulsar signature yep. decal or something like that or turbo pulsar signature the antenna or team wheel or whatever have well, you. you know there's a lot of options in that respect and i'd like to see what that would end up being and i'd like to see that being a plausibility you know that's why like one thing i'm gonna ask and then put the idea out there again with the stickers would be to get stickers where it's either you can do the little circle like you know a racing circle put numbers in that's just say um like zero seven if if that's like um you know your, your number you want to put on everything because that's how you identify but also you could get like little writings cap it off at say 10 letters to fit on the side of your car or on the um you know spoiler wherever you want to paste it on the car and do that and then you just have like you said player signatures so they're just that one image so you could if you wanted to be a cheapskate write out turbo pulsar or turbo on the side of your car sure but then you wouldn't get the very specific turbo like if if it was a physically drawn signature you know on the side of your car and a lot of players do want that shit don't they Absolutely. I mean, like, I, I again, like, like I say, like, I don't have affinity to organizations per se. Like, I have favorite teams um, in certain cases, but like, I don't, you know. And a lot of people also see this way: is that like, they 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 follow players for players rather than teams yeah. for, you know, the, the the organization branding. Like, if if fucking NRG moved to Cloud Nine today, then all NRG fans of Rocket League will be Cloud Nine fans tomorrow. Ooh, ghost. You know? uh, so and envy moving from their old previous team now they're over on um pick uh, they picked up the ex ghost side you know that dropped them and you're there going so are those old envy fans like moving over completely like did the guys that liked uh like you know that would have them i guess moved over to tsm now just completely move over to na and drop the eu side things no they still would have supported the tsm lads and probably don't give a shit about uh the na side of things yeah and in that respect like you know i i I think that you know to add more attachment to the players would be a good idea for the yeah. um, uh, uh, for in-game items. Um, one thing as well about the financials of the items themselves. I know that items can be expensive, but we also don't know what the actual split is still for organizations, for players, and for Psionics themselves. Because we've heard bits and pieces about it, and we've heard how like the prize pool should be increasing with all sales, but they keep advertising the same prize pool numbers over and over again. And mm -hmm. I don't know. We, we don't know what it is with that with, with the fucking prize pool and, and how the items add to the price pool because that was one of the things that they sold us on was like hey you know all sales will be going to or, or portion of all sales will go to a price a, a, an increased price purse for the rest of rocket league and it's like okay 
sure, but why are you advertising the same numbers there and then? And also, how much of these items... And, and if they're advertising the same numbers, to me, it implies to me that sales are overall low. And it's like, okay, if that's the case, then how much money is actually going to the organizations? And if that's the case, how mm-hmm. much money is going to the players? These are in, this is information that we still do not know. Even though Sonics have said we're going to be transparent about this, they haven't actually been that transparent about it at all, you know? <laughs> I mean, they, they like the word transparent, but I don't think they actually know what it means. That, that's yeah, the I mean, that's something it. we're coming to a but, little bit. But please continue your point, Bacon. But the biggest thing here, and it's one that people suggest in the past, do what Dota do. Put out an esports item each season, the RLCS, uh, whatever it be, and then all the profits, or you say a certain amount, let's say 75% of it, 25% will go to the uh, go to Sionics, whatever. 75% then goes into the prize pool to buff it above that current 1 million that's being put on in and then that just gets added on and then a split however way you know i would ideally hope 25 percent to each region because you know oce and uh sam are already much lower than eu and na and that pick them up a little bit what an easy way would that be you know to really buff out because everyone else would be able to see that they're helping those regions you're small let's just say each season f- like I don't know, two ninety nine decal. I know that's quite expensive for a decal, but I mean the esports item is already egregious. So whatever, just add that on. You can show it off on your octane and do a double pack octane and dominus. You know, for like I said, three quid, four dollars, whatever, and then you see that money go over to the prize pool and then have a tracker it's only available for let's say four weeks you know a month beforehand in the run-up to the event and then you see it on the website i mean again sonics's website needs to be upgraded but you could see that tracker keep going up and everyone would be so hyped about being able to get this massive prize pool and then as well instead of having this weak ass one million dollar prize pool that it's been for god knows however long i could actually see it pop up to let's just say five million which would then really pop you know rocket league on a bigger scale wouldn't it yeah and um uh uh in, in, in that respect, like I just think that we just need to overhaul the system once again. Like I understand we got a system in place, and it's great that we have a system in place now compared to last year where we didn't have one. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, like again, Sonics have been all talk and no action in that respect, and I think that it needs to change for the sake of uh, of revenue sharing because there's still conversations going on about franchising in this uh, esport, and we don't fucking need it if we put the right systems in place within game org items, no. but. That's what I think on that respect. That's what we believe on the in-game org items. Uh, let's move on and talk about third-party tournaments. Mm-hmm. We were in the same position as we were last year when we did this discussion, Bacon. Um, uh, the Disregarding Nice Cactus and Rocket Baguette, which we'll come to in a minute, um, third-party tournaments still are virtually non-existent uh, in, in the Rocket League space. And when I say third-party tournaments, I mean above bubble scene level, like, you know, something to support the the pro teams and, and, and the rival series teams. Now, I know that TEI was a thing. Um, but the restrictions in place with yeah. that seem to got bypassed exclusively because one guy was funding it. Um, and based on the fact that Sionics have, have, have allowed that to go through, they are absolutely happy with that shit going on when it's clearly has potential to be absolutely corrupt. Um, uh, you know, um, with, with, with respect to that as well, by the way, it seems that they are not happy with adding sponsors to other third-party tournaments because they don't get a cut of the pie, is, is what it feels like to me, Bacon, because they were happy mm-hmm. to let Incivic sponsor the TEI tournament, but they were Think absolutely... Think of Astro as well. Sorry? Think of uh, Astro, uh, the Beyond okay. series as well. Exception, exceptions, exceptions to the rule. Exceptions to the rule, okay. But here's the thing, right? They... 
when I, if you listen to the subpar, but in HD, you um, where they did an interview with Johnny boy, it was heavily intimated that Sionics let it go through because it was one person and not a sponsor. And because they didn't mm. need to vet that sponsor. Um, which if you're having to do that, when we've got sponsors that are of the caliber of overwatch league and counter-strike in the top end of those scenes that have no shady business practices going on, um, you know, outside of the regular sort of corporate bullshit, you know, like if you have to vet those kind of sponsors and you're willing to let a guy who owns the team sponsor a tournament with his team in it, that seems very backwards to me. And again, I, I will bring up the I will bring up the Omen tournament that got cancelled in the summer of last year that I was hired to fucking work, you know, like that's Omen by HP Hewitt uh, Hewitt Pack- Packard. You know, the same fucking computer organization who have done, you know, many big things in, you know, computing as a whole. You know, they obviously sponsored the Omen brand, who have been one of the biggest sponsors of esports in the last couple of years. Like, you know, that's a massive sort of tournament uh, tournament uh, sponsor to have. And, and those guys got rejected versus, you know, someone like Incivic who got through. And again, nothing against Incivic in that respect. But let, let, let's, let's be real about this. How viable is it for people individually to keep funding these tournaments? Like, it's not. It's just absolutely not. I, uh, the the only answer now is to go find some sort of like rich Saudi prince or whatever who some for some reason loves uh, flying cars and well Rocket League in general that because that is the only answer we've got right now with Europe. Are we going to become least. James Bond the Rocket League tournament? Like what the fuck is this? <laughs> <You know? laughs> but yeah, it's all so fucking odd and like we can say like spring series for example like we said was being produced by dreamhack to me that feels very much like they just needed a quick solution to it and dreamhack is offering their you know services they can provide everything quite good yeah uh i will say the qualifiers not being done as well on an official basis feels like a little bit of a letdown and i'd imagine that'd be because science didn't want to pay the money for that you know because it's extra cost on top but the leak down where the option where those qualifiers then are broadcasted by the community level is okay, you know, for me, but it just seems very, very odd. So where you're going now, okay, you've got DreamHack that can put themselves. Great. Can we look towards these other companies that can also provide similar services throughout the uh, whole of say Europe, America, OC and NA and trying to actually back those guys and trying to, get them on a more official level and as as a state like i know we'll go with the uh visibility and that later on why are we clearly not doing and we've said it in the past a very similar thing to rainbow six where we just now try and plug everything that is officially sonic sanctioned on the official rocket league we're coming to that yeah we're coming to that in a minute by the way um uh, trust me i've got i've got a little (laughs) something to say about that shit um uh you know you bring up a good point about the dreamhack thing because it's like you know we have not heard anything about dreamhack hosting their tournaments and again i wholeheartedly believe that dreamhack did the best tournaments in 2019 for rocket league yep. you know they the production value was awesome the only issues they the only major issue they had was a fire alarm in valencia you know um i know the b streams were a little bit shit because probably they were a little bit hampered for cash obviously that's the way that things sort of work in the dreamhack business because that's mtg don't really like funding dreamhack they love funding esl but dreamhack don't get as much love as they do and usually when they have to make cuts it's dreamhack that are the first heads on the chopping block well, um, 
dream hacks have to fall in line with the actual LAN events as well. So that's why you're giving a little slice, a corner out of the LAN hall um, rather than its own specific events. So that's why when you look at the crowd, at early points of the day, it's dead empty because it's people that are more interested in looking around the venue, looking around the different stuff that's going on. And then towards later on in the day, it's completely packed, you know? So it's just part of the nature of what the tournament is. Yeah, and like again, like uh, e- even with the Intel World Open going through, and obviously that got kind of fucked by coronavirus, which is fair play. Obviously, everyone's kind of canceling mm. their events because of that. Um, uh, e- even then, like after Intel World Open, we had no information on what was going on uh, outside of you know the, the the. We obviously know that season eleven, season ten is going to happen soon. Obviously, we know that the uh, that the RLCS is going to be is going to be in the same place as it always has been. We obviously expect that to be the case, but when it comes to other third party tournaments and stuff in the off season, especially we don't know anything about that and it feels like sonics just don't want to trust third-party organizers and the the community guidelines especially have been so egregious not to allow any other tournaments to crop up again with some exceptions applying there's just been nothing going on you know and 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 i'll bring and we'll move on to the community guidelines thing in a moment here bacon you Mm. seem to have something you want to say here yeah i was going to say it's not also that they don't trust them it's just that they're so narrow and short-sighted sonics always seems to look to the next six months not to the next Fuck the next six months, probably the next three months. Yeah, let's be real. Like, that's the what, biggest what, problem. That's the thing. Right, right now, the only thing we've got coming up is Spring Series. After Europe's done, what else is there? Like we've got what Rising is there for Stars, June, July. Well, sorry, most of May, June, <sighs> July, August, and then you're expecting the same time scale with uh, RLCS starting in September. So that's four months of not knowing what the fuck is going on. That's the thing, right? Like it's, it's like this is the perfect opportunity to let the fucking community take the reins. Like, Sonic's going to be hampering for cash in the esports department. I know it's going to get slashed to hell. So let's, let's let's get some outside investment in. Again, let DreamHack run a fucking Dream League or something. Let ESL run an ESL One. You know, obviously they've rebranded all their uh, offline tournaments to become online things right right now. Like ESL One is currently the Road to Rio, which is a big online tournament that builds up to the major in November. You know, assuming this the lockdown gets lifted by that point. You know, like that. That that's the situation we're at right now. Like ESL have done a great job at adapting their products to be like you know in 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 line with that. So let's run an ESL one Rocket League. Let's run a DreamHack Open Rocket mm-hmm. League. Let's run a Dream League Rocket League. That'd be fucking awesome if they could do what they do in Dream League and take it over to the Rocket League space. You know, we've also got other online tournament organizers <clears throat> that are stepping up to the plate. You've got you know a bunch of different guys that have started you know started new businesses with uh, with ties to Valorant, obviously. And those guys have interest in Rocket League as well. Let's do that shit. You know, there's Call of Duty organizations that I've spoken to who have said, hey, we want to run a Rocket League tournament so let's do a um uh, let's talk about this how can we make this possible and it's like they've had some great ideas they've been limited once again by the community guidelines uh you know and 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 the community guidelines do so much not just to a community level mm-hmm. but they also cut off any opportunities for professional businesses to do anything in the rocket league space and people have been begging for another dream hack circuit they've been begging for esl to get involved with Rocket League and we've just not had those opportunities because Sionics again only focus on their bottom line and their tunnel vision to anything else they don't focus on anything else other than what they can get out of the Rocket League space and they're hoping they get direct money out of it it doesn't work like that guys it doesn't mm. fucking work like that 
And the community guidelines, yeah, just to, like you said, there are so many different organizations, tournament organizers that are looking at this and going, we know, and we, from seeing it, like, you know, with TEI, if we put down 20,000 euros, we can get the top teams to sign up, or at least, you know, as long as we give them spots, let's just say an 18 league and four spots instantly go to the RLCS teams, the next four spots can go to whoever, as long as we don't run them on RLCS weekends or going alongside the science stuff we're happy to do that but the problem is they don't want to wait around for months to get the response of sonics they don't want to have to you know ask sonics for every single you know thing they want to do you know vet their sponsors whatever they just want to be able to go okay we're going to put this on next month we want to start building this up right now they don't want to be at the whim of the game developer they they're they're their own business they should be able to run their own business you know instead of having to be second to them and that's the key thing, right? You know, when you've got situations like this cropping up, why would sponsors want to get involved in Rocket League when they can do the same sort of shit in Rainbow Six and Counter-Strike without having to do anything yep. right now? You know, they've, they can get involved in Valorant. Valorant's hey. the next big fucking thing. Why the hell would they want to invest in Rocket League when they're like, you know, they've got big numbers posted by the Valorant <laughs> side. The hype is all above it. Now is the time to be involved in a game like that. And it's like, you know, why the fuck would they want to get involved in Rocket League when we still got the same restrictions in place? And again, I'm not just talking about small community tournaments here. I'm talking about big sponsors. You know, Omen is one. LG is another, by the way. You know, we've had loads of fucking big names come and go behind the scenes without making a fucking sound because they take a look at what they can do in Rocket League. They send questions to Psyonics and then they realize, actually, we don't want to do this because this is fucking stupid. And the biggest one I know of is stuff like Red Bull. You know, like we've, we've talked oh, to God, some of yeah. the lads and that before. And the funniest thing was, I saw the other day, Red Bull announced a 20,000 euro tournament for Age of Empires. And you're just there going, oh boy, why? Like, That's if you're thing, getting right? to that. Here's the thing. <laughs> you would get a better return of investment if you did a $20,000 tournament in Rocket League. And they're doing Age of Empires, which is going to get fuck all out of it, exclusively because they are actually allowed to do it. Okay. They don't have to ask any questions. They don't have they can to just ask permission from fucking anybody. Okay. But they are not going to make the money off the, off the back of that. They are not going to be able to promote and do stuff with Age of Empires. They could do it with Rocket League, though. Do you know what the problem standing in the way is? It's the community guidelines. And, let, and again, who the fuck are Red Bull, by the way? They are only one of the biggest fucking, you know, energy drinks on the planet. <laughs> You know, only one of the biggest energy drink sponsors, one of the longest standing sponsors in terms of, you know, Rocket League. No, no, not sorry, not Rocket League, esports as a whole, you know. And with a, mm-hmm. with a product like Rocket League, which has had some of the biggest, you know, names, brands in the world come come by and go for the RLCS, like Red Bull would be an amazing sponsor to have. Here's the thing. They don't want to get involved in RLCS until they get their tester event out there. And that's what we need to do. Raise the bar so that with the tester events actually have some prominence in these uh, in this scene. And then sponsors can test out what it would be like to get involved at the highest level of Rocket League. Because that's what we need right now. More support up there. And that trickles down to the support down here in the bubble scene, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep, definitely. Because you look at what stuff like... Let, let's just take keep on the Red Bull point. Like, you get Red Bull finally starting to put on these little occasional off-season um, ones for Rock League. What's to stop them from taking, like, their, you know, the Red Bull Player 1? series that they do for league of legends and actually like again i could see it's easily done with johnny boy and promoting one v ones within its own little bubble its own little space within rocket league like there are so many link ups so many things that would be easily able to work but the problem as always stems down to 
This is a company that doesn't want to have to go to Sarnix for every little thing it wants to do. It wants to just be able to run it on its own, side by side, respectfully, because it's a big company, of course, they're going to do it out of full respect because they want to be able to maximize their own business as well. But it all comes down to these community guidelines, which were as of last land, so all the way back in December, were being looked at and might be changed, but we're now five months on and no difference at all. And it has led to this fucking stupid barren situation where the only thing yeah. you can compete in is Sionix tournaments, with the exception of some of the bubble scene stuff, which we'll move on to right about now here, Bacon. I did say I was oh, going to talk about... Um, uh, yeah, th this is going to be fun. Tell. Here's, here's the thing, right? The bubble scene, from a financial standpoint, has actually done well since we last did the, uh, did the show here, Bacon. Mm -hmm. um, and that's in spite of the restrictions posted up by Sionix. Now, Rocket Baguette are fucking geniuses, by the way. You know, I know a lot of people have differing, differing opinions about them, but, you know, personally, having worked with them, I love that their game plan is actually now, rather than to host a bunch of big tournaments, is to host loads and loads of small ones instead. And that's worked wonderfully for the rising stars here. I have to say that I got to tip my hats off to Nice Cactus. Fucking, you yep. guys are the heroes of the bubble scene. You're the only reason why we are even in content right now, because, you know, there would be nothing else to talk about uh, after this week. Uh, if we uh, if if we uh, if we only had spring series, we could do the spring series next week, and then after that, we're fucked for the entire rest of the next you know the next tournament that gets announced by Sonyx. Essentially, you know, there's there's been nothing else going on, but because of the fact that they supported Rising Stars and they supported the weekly tournaments, which are now prominent thanks to Nash Cactus, they supported you know bi-weeklies and other stuff to help support Rising Stars teams. They've done so much. They've done so so much to bring us content and to bring investment uh, into the Rocket League space. And all, the, all of this in spite of what Psionics have put against them and tournament organizers like Rocket Baguette. And for that yep. reason, nice characters, I want to go on record and say fucking thank you, guys. You guys are amazing. Thank you. Yeah, big shout out to those lads helping the like grassroots and the bottom level of esports be able to thrive in an area where the own developers don't give two shits about it. I mean, they don't even give one shit. And... What you see, what they're putting out is, again, because they've got the great connection there with Rocket Baguette, and Rocket Baguette now pushing for an English broadcast as well, the Rocket uh, RB on Twitch. You'll notice that they're trying to push out an English one as well because they're trying to get expand as much as they can, try and encompass the whole, basically, Europe within the scene. And it is all down, and this is no joke, to one company well, two with Rocket Baguette helping on out, I guess, that has been able to turn a barren wasteland into a bit more of a thriving scene. Don't get me wrong, there are other community tournament organizers out there, and, you know, we tip the hat to, you know, Rocket Kingdom, Rocket Core, or uh, Imperial League, um, and all of that sort of lot, don't we, Jay? But those tournaments where you're offering say at most 50 quid or whatever they should be the lads at the very bottom of the bubble to thrive and get their experience as well as the up and coming players that aren't quite there yet whereas nice cactus has been able to just really maintain the bubble scene as a whole and it's very much needed yeah, like I think with tournament organizers like Rocket Kingdom and, and Rocket Core, they are community level, whereas like I think Nice Cactus is bubble level. Um, mm. I think we need to sort of like readjust the definitions here because anyone can anything lower than a rival series is considered bubble. I don't think that's an accurate sort of description of uh, of, of, of how we need to see it sort of treat the scene. So. Yeah. In that respect, I have to say, like, hats off to the guys who are working to make all that shit possible, because like legitimately there would be no bubble scene today if we didn't have all that mm -hmm. investment.
unfortunately, while we have made steps <laughs> forward in the business side of things, we have made steps back in the professionality side of things because the bubble sea mentality is a fucking joke, okay? I'm just going to say straight up here, there are people in the bubble scene that have been openly racist, transphobic, and general dickheads to community figures and other players and their respective fucking players in the scene. Mm -hmm. And those guys are the, the most prominent figures, by the way. They are the most fucking imbecilic people I think I've seen in all of esports, right? Not just because it's going to be a negatively impacting their career, it also negatively impacts the rest of the bubble scene because Sionics look at this shit and they wonder, why the hell should we invest in the bubble scene? After Renegade Cup, after all the shit they had to put up with that, and then seeing stuff like this on public social media, like, you're fucking it up for everybody else, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's not just all that. Like, not even, not even, that, that's just like from a general interaction player per player. Player per TO, it gets even worse because rather than go through the necessary channels to give feedback to the tournament organizers and try and get things going, like, TOs just get blasted on Twitter. Like, just get absolutely fucking rinsed by whoever yeah. the hell will listen, whoever the hell will want to tweet. Again, you can easily go ahead and approach the community manager or the necessary, like, individuals, the admins that are running the scenes and say, look, this is a piece of feedback I want to give to you. This bit is shit. It, can we get it fixed it's not that hard it really is not that hard it might be a little bit of time before it gets fixed sure but the level of shit that i've seen from people saying we only get automated responses that's bollocks that's bollocks because i've been behind the scenes at those things and i and, and i've never seen any automated response right you're just going through the wrong channels because you don't know what the fuck you're doing and you're taking it out on the to because you're a fucking bellend okay mm. and this is the kind of shit that really also affects further investment in because why would a market a, a company who's basing their entire sponsorship on the marketing take a look at social media and think that's good marketing? It's not. It's not. What's going to happen then? They're all going to pull out. You'll be left with nothing. That's what's going to happen if you keep going on that way. And people just don't seem to understand that. And I understand that criticism is fair and you need to give criticism, but give it in the right way rather than just being a childish prick on the fucking internet, right? And that, 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 that's the thing, right? So in relation to, to Nice Cactus, I just want to say that everyone yeah. complaining that Glory for Gamers is a shit platform does not understand what business is, okay? Because Glory for Gamers is owned by Nice Cactus. Why in the fuck would they go and use Smash, a competing platform in order to run their tournament. It's 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 such a <laughs> stupid, stupid, short-sighted thing that bubble players don't ever consider. It's like, how are these things funded? You know? How do they make money? They don't go. That's like asking BT Sport to broadcast on Sky Sports. That's what it's fucking like. Like mm -hmm. that's so dumb. It's so, so dumb. Of course it of course BT won't be broadcasting on Sky because it doesn't help them. They need to make money just like the rest of us fucking do. And so do nice characters. They need to use Glory for Gamers, the platform that they bought, and they need to make sure it's a success. Otherwise, they go under. And then when they go under, you lose nice characters weeklies. You, use, you lose the Rising Cups. You lose the Rising Stars. Okay? That's the bottom line of it. Okay? If you have a problem with Glory for Gamers as a tournament platform, go take it to the admins. Go tell them how they can improve. And if you say that it's because of API access and, they, and you can't do automatic uh, results, go tell that to fucking Scheist. Go tell that to Psyonix because they are the reason why Glory for Gamers can't have those features because they won't release the API access to fucking anybody. It's mm -hmm. not their fault. Take your anger out on the right people or give constructive feedback. And that is the fucking thing that I hate about the bubble scene the most. That is the reason why I'm no longer working in the bubble scene because I can't fucking take it anymore. You cunts are starting to get blocked by me because you are fucking assholes. Rant over. Please, Bacon. Take, 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 that's that a constructive point. I, 
I, I don't think I have anything constructive because, yeah, don't get me wrong. You've got a couple of nice kids, but the nice kids aren't going to be the ones talking out and singing praise because you don't do that. Like, there's no need for it. Like, an, another example of it, like, and th this was the one that hit closest to home with me was, uh, and you as well, Jay, of course, was Back With The Blong. Now, it's just a UK-only tournament purely to put it on because it, it's owned by Game A store chain think of it the same as like gamestop over in america and they're putting on these tournaments just online cups during this downtime and it was the first week we knew going into that night jay didn't we that the format was going to be wrong but of course they've got to learn it because they're trying to put a very simple format across all their different games so going into that first week we knew it was going to get changed up for the second week and instead of instantly just blasting on social media you know shit like oh who wants to be up to 11 o'clock you know playing a game for however much and all that just literally acknowledge and give good feedback just be there simply like oh could we just you know next week get a single limb multiplayer just because I've, I've got i've still got school in the morning that sort of thing you just do it politely because it doesn't hurt you and then the team will look away and they probably already know because naturally us as casters don't want to be there at 11 o'clock after five hours still casting oh absolutely that, oh, we're tired we, as well we'll change, by the way. yeah we'll change the format it's hard like i'm saying we've changed form me and jay don't have a say of that you know but the guys behind the scenes are still working they're paid a certain amount that evening and they're going to try and get the best most efficient product out there so you blasting it is not helping anyone you're just no. basically hurting the scene because again that's just hurting all the advertisement that's going on it's hurting what the heads up at game are going to be looking at that the same well, like we're me, saying with me, nice characters over on the platform like you're, you're not actually doing anything productive you're just i guess venting but could you keep those vents down to you and your mates in like dms or something because otherwise you're just being a massive dick well, let me share with, you, share with you a bit of insight on Belong and, and on games' approach to sort of like mm. esports as a whole because they've been wanting to cut it out of their product for the longest fucking time. Okay, like the the team at Belong and 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 and, uh, and Insomnia as well because Game is owned. Oh, sorry, Insomnia is owned by Game. So the guys that are working there, there's like a team of like three or four people, and they have to do all of the entire esports operations from the Arena Clash to the Insomnia stuff. All that all that shit needs to be done by you know. A, a, a small little a small little group okay not not and not adding the admins that are at the arenas themselves because they don't really count because they're just general store workers that have been mm -hmm. reapplied to do adminning because they don't have staff on the uh, on the site so you've got a very very small team of people struggling to get through the regular tournaments they've got already getting hammered on social media because they see that shit they're the, guys that are, they're the guys that are taking the abuse front and center. And they're the guys that are saying, look, give us feedback directly and we'll help you out. And the people that are not giving, and there's people out there that are not doing that, giving a blast on social media, the heads see that and they get more reasons to cut the budget of that esports department, okay? And it's been going on for years with game, okay? I know that from experience because I've been working for game since 2016. It's been a fucking, mm. it's been such a fucking struggle to get shit like a Belong going and Marina Clash going and Insomnia Masters going. Like all of it has been such a fucking, just a struggle. And people have felt the strain of that and you're not helping that situation because people get depressed and people don't want to fight anymore. And then when they lose those jobs, then you're the ones who are responsible for it. But they don't care. Bubble scene people don't care because at the no. end of the day, what do they want? They want their $210 a week. Hopefully, you know? And that leads to other shit as well. There's other, there's the downright malicious people as well, Bacon. I have to say, there are 
individuals out there that will take technicalities and do their best to twist them to their advantage. Like there are, there was one particular incident a few weeks ago in a nice cactus weekly, uh, with someone, uh, there was this connection issue and rather than play to the spirit of the rule and let them replay in the overtime, which I think that they should have done. They were like, actually, no, there's this one little section here that says, if you don't disconnect when the DC happens then you absolutely need to never, then you absolutely need to be disqualified and such. And there were admin confusions about the level of the rule because one, one admin wanted to imply the spirit of the rule. One admin wanted to apply the gospel of the rule. And it's like, that's not how it should be done guys. We need to do how we, to play things as the way to make it as fair as possible but players mm. don't give a fuck about fair as possible in the bubble scene they don't they don't give a damn about that they want to be like, oh, i want to win i want to win and i'm going to do everything i can to win like fuck you if you if you have that mentality like, you are such a scumbag absolute mm-hmm. fucking scumbag if you think like that and i should add by the way this is mostly european scene bubble scene because i don't have any experience in the north american scene bubble scene i've been told it's much better than europe but that's my experience so far in the bubble scene, and it has been so a fucking it, fast. It, it's weird. NA bubble scene is better, but NA top end is absolute garbage to the point, like, you know, we were saying, doing some of the uh, stuff with Daz and just how you get ROCS teams that won't even mark themselves off on Smash because they can't be asked. They, they've got someone at their org that will do that for them. And you're just there going, Smash is automated. Can you not just put in the lobby details instead of doing a generic, you know, I'll invite you because you're on my friends list and get the two teams in that way, which just come on. When it comes down to small community organizers, give them as much help as you can. Don't be fucking assholes. It's like it doesn't even require that much work, you know. Like again, no. just do what the fucking tournament platform asks you to do. You know, they should actually be. Pro- there should be. Then there probably is rules amongst there where they would be DQ'd out of that. Like they would have to forfeit just because they're not putting in the results because they can be forged again. You skip those rules purely because the fairness and they're still playing, you know, they're not technically cheating if their opponents agree to, yeah, that's what it was. The spirit but of the rule. Yeah, it's the spirit of the rule thing, not following the rule by paper. And it, it just takes you guys to get absolutely fucked over, which again, you'd go blast it on social media and you'd still be in the wrong. Should be noted, just, by the way, uh, that whole like rule disconnection thing was also blasted up in Twitch chat on Twitter and everything. And they did everything mm. they could to rally as many people to give pressure onto Nice Cactus to uh, to fucking, you know, ch- to, ch- to change the result. And it, oh, that was absolutely stupid. So fucking childish. But that is the reality of the bubble scene. And I've got probably some more bones to pick with people. Again, I'm not going to hold back anymore. Like if you're being a cunt, I'm going to call you out publicly for it. And you're going to get blocked on Twitter. I'm done with the bubble scene. You're all cunts. You're all a bunch mm-hmm. of fucking cunts. Anyway, from the there bubble are a few to the gems pro, out there. We have to say they're not all cunts, but there are. Here's the thing: a right? a if I say few. you're all cunts, obviously that doesn't apply to the people who aren't cunts, and those people already know who they are. Okay, so I'm talking a generalization there. If you don't, if you don't, if you think you're not one of those people, or if you're not sure if you're one of those people, then you're a cunt. Okay, straight up. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> Career viability a cunt for until profession- proven innocent. That's that's the new rule in here. <laughs> Let's move on to the professional side of the scene then, because the bubble scene can go fuck themselves. We're going to talk about uh, career viability now, um, because uh, it's still in a bit of a weird spot at the moment. And I honestly think that on the whole, it's gotten worse. And we're going to go down the list here Mm. in the same sort of way that we did in episode 24. 
So, casters. So, as per last time, the casters in the community have virtually no chance of making it into Rocket League relevancy. Um, and the main reason for that is because Sonic's hiring decisions are whack as fuck. Um, obviously, we mentioned the uh, the whole uh, Landon Donovan thing earlier in the show today. But even then, like, you know, there are so many bubble scene casters or community casters that go remiss for various reasons. And I understand that there's a level of understanding to that. There's a level of sort of like, you know... Um, uh, there's a level of like, look, we don't think these guys are good enough to make it into the professional level. I understand that. That's fine. Not everyone can do that, you know. Um, but then we've got people like Dazarin who are pushed into CRL above and and denied rival series uh, uh, broadcasting spots above guys who have never done Rocket League in the first place. Mm. Now, that's nothing against Spaceman Supersonic F. I think that they did a great job in the season. But. I honestly cannot see a world where the meritocracy works to have those guys come into rival series versus Dazarin, who has done every single community organizer organized event under the sun and even runs his own events to put money into the scene. This is a guy that is as well. Yeah. Yeah. He is given so much. Why is he not getting a spot towards the the rival series? And I understand that Dazarin is absolutely happy with the CRL thing. And I'm thrilled that he's got himself a chance to work with Sonics directly. But if that was me, I would have told them to go fuck themselves in that position. Given the amount of stuff that Dazarin has given to the to, to the Rocket League scene and only given a chance to work on CRL, like not even getting the the the, the, the plausibility of doing rival series, I would have just turned around and gone to another fucking game right there and then. I just fuck mm. that noise. That that's so so whack. Yeah, and again, like when you look towards it, like that's not just to Daz, of course, the CRL, but everyone else that's currently in the bubble scene, uh, Carson Wise in NA. Because again, we we accept as EU boys, we got no hope in hell to get on a uh, Sonic stream, even with it now being all online. Like we. Jay, we've got no like expectation to be asked. Oh, are you available for the EU Spring Series? Nah, that's not going to happen. We, I mean, we, we should do this. because we've been putting the fucking work in of our own right. So you know, like I, I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely against that prospect. And uh, well, that's another thing as well we can talk about here: the, uh, the the relevancy of other sort of regions. Actually, we'll come to that in a second. Actually, because like I did want to, I want, I did want to talk about the uh, the new the new rival series guys, Spaceman and Supersonic. Um, yeah. Because like, I understand bringing in guys like guys like Praggy and and Gillyweed into the hosting role because they don't have prior knowledge and prior like experience working in Rocket League, and in that respect, I can absolutely understand a host coming in because the host asks questions and gets feedback from the experts. Um, but bringing in actual casters to be part of the scene is something that I'm wholeheartedly against because there are so many others that can do a better job from the word go bacon. And mm. I know that you had some opinions about the guys, you know, like uh, that, 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 I know you have some opinions about the guys that were brought on to uh, the, the rival series broadcast this time around. So like, I, I kind of wanted to ask you what you thought about them. So we'll, we'll go both Spaceman, Supersonic. I'm, I'm going to say uh, Tom as the host did a fantastic job. I loved him this season. He actually brought a good amount of energy and enthusiasm to the role. So great jobs there. Spaceman in the studio, really surprised me he was great in the studio when it went online there was a noticeable drop off and this i'll you know account to and jay you'll back this up land events in live if you're in a studio or whatever you put out a lot fucking more energy and i i will generally say like live casting i always find is better you know because you it's like the atmosphere just makes it a lot more hype um Supersonic on the opposite end was more consistent, like when he went online, but 
it took him a while throughout the season to really just build it up, you know? So it, it was an interesting one to compare the two, but still, again, even now going into next season, you're just there going like with their casts and no hate towards the lads, because again, we came in expecting to literally hate these two guys because they had had no, you know, rocket league experience. Like they the bar was incredibly low for them, but still there, there are guys within the community doing you know, the uh, the bubble scene stuff that are still better casters objectively over in NA than these two lads. And, you know, it's even de- depending upon opinion, even there are casters better than, say, Stax or Subi. They all comes down to opinion. But it's well, I mean, just... I know that going- Stax and Subi have been fucking hammered on, on, tw- on, on Reddit lately. So, like, you know, yeah. like, even, even community opinion is starting to shift on those two. I mean, you know, I understand part of it. You know, I, I, can, I can respect a part of it. Um, uh, uh, but, you know, like... The other, the other side of the coin for me on this respect with, with Spaceman and Supersonic was the fact that obviously they came in without any prior knowledge. And for the first few weeks, it was very clear that the only major research they did was looking at Liquipedia. Um, yeah. You know, like it, it, it was, it, it, it's not the same sort of depth that I would have hoped out of like a big sort of like psionics, uh, psionics supported and, 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 and you know, created a, a, a broadcast package. And again, that infuriates us because obviously we are all about that analysis shit. We do all the stuff um, uh, that we, we do. We obviously we, we go hyper in depth with a lot of the shit that we do in the, uh, on the show and even in our casting as well. Like, you know, some of the stuff we bring up here, we also bring it up in casting and rival series B, Stream, TCS, Rocket forget all these other things that we do in the in the scene um uh, but to be fair where it cre- give credit where it's due um uh, i have to uh, uh give a, a small little shout out to i gotta find who it was real quick give me two seconds uh <laughs> i need to just double check i don't want to i don't want to i don't want to mess this up um uh i, I do want to give a special uh, a special shout out at least to supersonic um uh, who seems like he's made a bit of an effort to um uh, uh you know try and um to, to, to try and be, you know, like uh, to, to, to do the research as appropriate and be a better commentator and work on his stuff. Because I noticed actually that he was one of the, he was actually one of the rival, one of the few rival series casters that follow the podcast, for example. And I'm not mm-hmm. sure whether he's listening. I hope he is. Um, uh, uh, because honestly, like, I feel like that we bring a level of, you know, a, a, a level of detail that would be very valuable to the guys who are coming into the scene and want to learn stuff about, you know, the bubble scene, the rival series scene, and so on and so forth. Because we don't cover, we cover it in a way that no other people, no other person does. So mm. in that respect i'll give them credit for making for making the effort to learn but again like like i've said before on the show it is so easy to contact people who are already here we are yeah. some of the most helpful talent members in the fucking esports industry and i might sound like a bit of a prick i am <laughs> but that's not the thing right you know i'm not i'm not a prick by 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 purpose i'm doing this to put up an act for the show you know like if you hit me up in dms i'm happy to answer whatever questions you want same thing with bacon as well bacon's probably the better guy to ask because he's the he's the expert i'm just the guy i'm just the guy who screams in the mic okay right but like you know in, in that respect like i can give a little bit of credit to supersonic and i'd like to see what he can do going forward um uh, but on the flip side of the coin again i feel it as a big kick in the balls considering that we've done this for so fucking long yep. And, 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 you know, look for, for Europe, for Europe, obviously Europe as a whole gets hard done by, um, but for North America, especially like if I was in North America right now, like I'd just be fucking checked out <laughs> straight yeah. up. And I will say with Supersonic, uh, him getting involved with Dazzle's, uh, skirmish, uh, the two and a half K one they did last time, just, and again, like good on him because like that work, they're not getting paid for just straight out to the guys at home. And like and Sionics would probably just be funding the uh, prize pool as it is, and this just are shows even, that he, are they even funding the skirmish? 
I think so. I'm like I said, that's what I expect. Anyway, because two and a half K is more than Daz has got saved up in the bank. He wouldn't be like he doesn't have that money. When you compare the uh, spring skirmishes and that beforehand, you know, so like this and it was like you know an official science thing. If you look at all the stuff, <laughs> so like this is Sonic trying to get in and understand and learn the bubble scene before it hits next season. So he's got the right mindset and he knows the you know the graft you got to put in to get there, and we we respect that massively. Yeah, and in that respect, you know, I can see a future for him individually. Um, uh, the jury's out for me for Spaceman, honestly. I, I, I don't know. Um, uh, you know, I, I won't lie to you. I was kind of not really paying much attention to the casting on the uh, uh, on the stream. I kind of I listen without casters a lot of the time um, uh, when it when it when it comes to doing the show. So you know, I I don't I wasn't really paying attention to him. Um, uh, Supersonic definitely was the guy that stood out to me. Um, but again, like I just feel like we're kind of hitting a brick wall with a lot of the community casters. But I digress. Let's move on and talk to uh, talk about the professionals, uh, the actual pro players. Because um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a small peek behind the curtain here on the show. We were sent some shit that um, uh, uh, heavily, heavily uh, is concerning. Right. Let's put it that way. Like it, it is, it is very concerning for the level of the professional players because professional players and professional faith in the scene, uh, in, in the professional scene is slipping with psionics. Um, uh, players are asking questions which they don't get direct answers to. Um, and organizations are considering pulling out. You know, they are all that there was a, a, a DM that was sent or, or, or a group message that was sent to sent to us um, uh, the, from a, from a player who I won't I won't say any details. But basically, like the implication was that they were going to lose tens of thousands of dollars because um, uh, the organization has no idea what's going on in Rocket League right now, and that seems to be a general consensus based on the fact that this was given thumbs up from most of the uh, from the other pro players that we've also heard from as well, like. And the response that they were met with from other Psionics community, Psionics employees, was just that it was literally one of those PR things like, oh, we're interested in full transparency. So we'll get back to you in a future week. It's like, come on, <laughs> you know, you did this with the fucking, with the, with the open letter, you know, mm-hmm. we haven't even heard anything on the open letter, which we'll come to in a little bit time. But it's like, now we're having the same PR question dogging bullshit, question dodging bullshit as we see in public interviews now being given to the professional players, right? Now, now, I understand an idea of keeping insider secrets inside the little circle, but mates, this is a new level of, of, of psionics just dodging every responsibility when it comes to the Rocket League scene, you know? Yeah, and again, that's going to the guys that are pro players that, you know, this is their work, this is their career, and you can't even answer their questions. And this has been going on for, and what one of one one of the things we got told was that, you know, th- this has been, like, there are still questions asked three years ago that have not had answers to them, where they're still ongoing, ongoing problems and reoccurring problems, and you're just there going, why is this not getting fixed? Why is this not getting answered? This is seriously like parts and reasons to this are why some orgs just don't want to get in. It's not viable. Like, like we said, Jay, the, the, you would only see certain orgs jump into Rocket League if it became a franchise league, because otherwise they know they wouldn't get any return of investment. Like they wouldn't get anything back from it. If you're looking at that, that just makes me look at this and go, it's so shaky. And when you've got new orgs looking to get in Rocket League now, they will only put in the money, which they like they'd be looking to buy an entire team for 
less than some of the bigger teams and single players are getting paid. You know, it, it's that reality. Like, and that is absolutely crazy. That is so different across the board that some teams were only want to put in a very certain amount of money and how they expected to be able to keep up when other teams are quite happy to, because they've got the, you know, money straight there to just, you know, splurge it when you've got to be thinking at all the different levels here. And it's just, it makes no sense. There needs to be a better transparency, not only openly, of course, like we said in the past to the public, but to the players, if players aren't and orgs aren't actually getting the questions answered, then where do you think that faith is going to go? It should be noted, by the way, that this all came off the back of the organization, not knowing what's going on for the next few months, which goes back to our point of what we were saying. Hey, we don't know what's going on after spring series. Well, neither do the professional players know what's going on after spring series. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we've ever been in a situation where that's been a thing. You know, like, you know, I, I, I remember that, you know, some professional players have had more insights than us at certain points. Obviously, there was like the dream the hack thing. The players knew the dream hacks were coming. Like, yeah. and the orgs did as well so that was good that's why they got like you know picked up and all of that sort of shit going into last year but going into this year like all orgs knew was the intel world open and they were picking up and they were looking to try and formulate teams a bit like uh you know Rena vitality to make all national teams or at least two-thirds so that they could partake in that and try and get their names plastered that way Otherwise, they have no idea what was going further. And that's also like why the reason of it is RLCS or nothing. When you look at the wages going to RLRS players, that again is so all over the place that some of them could be on... I, I'm, I'm, I, I don't want to give wages away, of course, Jay, but you, you're talking like definitely not enough to live on at any sort of point. Mm, absolutely. Um, uh, I mean, for the professional guys, obviously they're in a, a decent spot because they're uh, um, in in you know because they're in mm. with a uh, with, they're they're in with a decent job because the contracts at RLCS level are, is so high. Well, we we but, wouldn't even feel right calling RLRS professional level. You that's know? the thing, right? That's the thing, right? E even those guys get get hard done by. Um, uh, um, and I mean, on that respect, you know, obviously, you know, we talked about bubble scene stuff and how, you know, it's, it's difficult down there. And it's like, you know, e even with like Karen, chances are Karen's going to disband, you know, with Metsonaris being rumored to move on to the, yep. uh, the triple trouble lineup. It's like, well, at that point, Remco's not coming back. Um, uh, you know, that, that, that much is almost a certainty at this point. You know, everyone's been saying it for the longest time ever. Um, uh, but, you know, that there's a good chance that Karen are going to disband. They're not even, they're going to leave another open spot in the rival series. And it's like rival series is seen as a fucking joke to, uh, to pro players. And it's like, you're taking a look at their professional career, career viability and you understand why, like, Professional players are only existent in the top end of the championship series. And even then, not every player in RLCS is actually, you know, making enough to live off of in certain cases. Like, you know, if you, especially those lowest level organizations, you know, the guys who are not the biggest of the big in, 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 in esports as a whole. So you're taking a look at those guys and it's like, you worry about them because they are the best at what they do. They put tons of hours into the game. They're not getting compensated properly because the money's not there. And then we see shit like this where it's organizations are like, what's the fuck's going on with Rocket League? Mm hmm. No one fucking knows. Not even Silex probably know. Like, you know, that's that's the problem we're seeing right now mm. with career viability in professional in professional play. And we are and I said it last year, we're at critical mass and shrinking. We have not stopped shrinking since that point, I don't feel like, you know, because we've mm. seen tons of players drop out, tons of people that have gotten burnt out by the game. You know, I feel like that the professional scene the landscape is shifting to a, a really, really weird sort of moment. And it's like, you know, we're not getting more tournaments in. We can't keep growing the game because we're so stuck in this short-sighted mindset. And it's like, where do we go from here? And it's like, well, for professional players, there might not be another place to go from here. 
Yeah. Like, you're at a point right now where if you've got questions, you're better off just shaking a magic eight ball. And <laughs> you'll get at least some response. And I Will mean, there it's, be it's... an RLCS season 11? Eight ball? No. Fuck. Ask again. <laughs> okay. Ask again. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just getting at the moment. That They are in magic eight ball with one response. And it's just, oh, it's horrid. Anyway, next one. So content creators, um, we talked a little bit about this in depth last uh, last year, and obviously, as we expect, as as most would be expected, like casual content is still more um, you know popular and more viable in, in Rocket calm, League. Musty, Sun is calm, musty, freaking out. All, 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 all those guys, you know, it's absolutely it's fair enough. You know, absolutely fair enough. Fair play to them. They've they've uh, they, they've made a decent opportunity, and I don't blame them for that. I don't think that's too out of the ordinary. <laughs> but for esports content, we have taken steps back um, quite badly. Um, uh, you know, when we did the uh, t- when we did the last day. Seen address it was around the time that Gold Rush had shut their doors. Mm-hmm. And since then, it looked like actually things were getting a bit better because we saw a number of podcasts pop up. ASAP were still doing their thing. We had obviously the guys uh, from uh, from playing with rockets and doing their around the scene show. Uh, Subpar brought their podcast back, which uh, was was great for a time. Here's the problem, though. When it comes to regular content output, we are the last one standing when it comes to podcasts and and, and regular content in the Rocket League scene. Mm. Our Aftershock is the only thing you can rely on to be there week to week. I'm not saying that to toot my own horn. I'm saying that because it's just not viable for everybody else. Subpar haven't done a show in a little a, a little uh, under two weeks. In a little under two weeks. Around the scene, took an extended break for about a month, about a month and a half ago. And they came back for a little bit, did a couple episodes, but they haven't done one in another two weeks off the back of that you know mm. like you know and here's the thing around the scene could easily do so much more because they're not limiting themselves in the same way that we do we only do one region they do all of the regions so when they can't find the justification to turn around and keep doing uh you know the podcast like that it, it it's it's not a good yeah. sign for me and here's the thing right we actually had plans to bring them onto the show like i got talking with perina recently and uh, we were gonna bring them on to do the the world championship special that we always do every single world championship where we do our little prediction game we talk about the teams and the players and we try and see who comes out with the most uh, with the most points overall obviously that fell through when the world championship fell through but it's like you know even they, those guys have expressed interest in continuing to do the podcast stuff and continue to create content but it's just not viable you know and even from yeah. like you know other content stuff as well like obviously we launched the website recently we're still yet to see whether that will end up being a success um uh, because like you know i, I have no idea what's going to happen with that you know we've got some content plans we've got some great team members on but you know we're all volunteers so like motivation can't be kept that high and i can't afford to pay people unfortunately i wish i could trust me mm. i'd pay everyone the highest rates if i could but i'm a fucking you know arse and you know street rat so you know what the hell can <laughs> i fucking do you know um yeah. and, and it's like you know the only viable content it feels like it's just the casual content and for the esports scene that does not feel like it's a very good well, thing th- to me that, that that's an example there would you talk about the subpar pod C, they've gone a lot more casual with that which it, I, I love it i love the podcast but you can see it's because they're having to acclimatize the what is available to keep that content going you know and yeah, like there's the thing. Like, Poly C was never. I don't. It, it, it's it's advertised mm. as like a gaming and Rocket League podcast, which I think is semi fair. But they've also talked about a variety of other things in the show in the past. So yeah. like, I, I I understand. You know, I I understand where that whole th- where, where where they come from with that. And you know, when it comes to esports specific podcasts and esports specific content, like it's just not plausible at the moment. And 
yeah, it's just it's just a bit of a, a bit of a shame, really, because I think there's so much you could do. I mean, I've wanted to step up my involvement in doing content recently. I've actually like had, had a couple of content plans going together, um, not only to do aftershock and the aftershock website stuff, but also with uh, other things um, uh, that we um, uh, uh, that I want to do outside of aftershock as well. So like we've got a lot mm. of things coming up, um, uh, and, and I'm hoping that we can make some sort of change here because that's one of the things that aftershock wanted to do is to inspire people to take up the mantle and create more content for Rocket League, and we've been semi successful with that, but with the way the game's going like i don't know how long how much longer we can keep that going for you know yeah it, you just look at this right now like put, put it straightforward like after spring series what does aftershock have to report on jay and you look there you go okay you got superstar league coming from nice cactus good i mean going to be interesting to do an entirely bubble scene but after that's finished up by the end of may like we said june july august there is three months of nothing and we don't want to cut out you know episodes we don't want to cut we might have to move to a bi-weekly podcast because there's nothing really to talk about but we don't want to do that and realistically for a healthy esport you shouldn't have to do that there should be something continuously going on because again professional players playing the game getting paid the money they are should continuously have something to grind and work on yeah, and I, I don't know, man. It's just career viability right now. It's one of those things mm. where it's like, if someone says to me, hey, should I become a pro Rocket League player? I'd be like, no, go to Counter-Strike. <laughs> just like, don't, which, which is like currently on like its point. Oh, of, yeah, absolutely. You know, with Laurent coming along, you're there going, like, is Counter-Strike going to die out? Like, is Laurent just going to no, take a spot? Not. No, I'm saying like a lot of people are questioning that and you're there going, well, even if it did, I mean, Counter-Strike's probably got a better lifespan still left in it. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, here's the thing, right? When it comes to professional esports, at the very least, like I could see Rocket League being dead in two years. I can't see Counter-Strike being dead in two years, yeah. you know, unless something massive happens and like fucking Valorant decides they're going to buy out every pro player and just employ them into fucking, you know, their own pro league. Then fair play if that's the case. But it's like, you know, for Counter-Strike, you know, it's so much more viable to the point where even I can make a living from doing Counter-Strike tournaments, right? Like, mm-hmm. here's a fun fact. I won't say the number, but my day rate for, or yeah, my day rate for doing um, uh, Road to Rio is not quite on the level as the rival series casters, but it's close. It's fucking close, right? It is really fucking close. And let's think, let's think about this in the context of exactly like, you know, what I've got, what, who I am in Counter-Strike. In Rocket League, I'm a guy who goes out and does some decent content for the Aftershock podcast. I do some decent reporting for the, for the website. And in general, you can consider me like a community figure in some sort of respect. Like most people will know of me in the Rocket League space. No one knows who the fuck I am in Counter-Strike, right? And that is what we're at here, right? Like that, I can make more money from being a tier four shitter in Counter-Strike than I can be from being a tier two commentator in fucking Rocket League, okay? That is the situation we're in right now. So mm. let, let us set the bar for how we're at with career viability. So let's move on. <laughs> And talk about the direction of the game. We've talked about this in a little bit of uh, in, in a little bit in the last couple of things, but like after IWO got wrecked, it felt like Sonics had no fucking plan. And I said in previous shows that we need to see them step up the content, step up the tournaments, because this is the perfect chance to capitalize on the fact that no one has anything to watch and no one has anything to see in terms of the sports and competitive nature. This is Rocket League's chance to shine. And we still don't know details on the next big tournament. We don't know what the details are for the next anything. You know, we, we don't know anything. There's nothing going on. There's there's no there's no plan there's there's we no one knows the direction mm-hmm. of the game not us not the pros not the casters i don't even think fucking sonics themselves know the direction of the game and you know that's concerning that's very concerning at the moment 
Yeah, and like when you got this gap right now, I'm just looking at it, Jay, and I'm going, okay, shit has just been absolutely shook up because of uh, Corona. You've got a big long gap right now. If you're ever going to make a change to the RLCS format, the RLRS format, like we asked, put in that third tier division, this is the time to do it. If you're doing, if, if you're going to do an entirely online event, this is the time to do it right now because you've, you've got that gap. You've got availability to put in there. So you'd like to see that as well as, like we said, ESL maybe do a partnership instead. They, you know, they're pretty much the, the well, they are the sister company to DreamHack. Try and get that in. Like you said, a sort of simple case like a rotary or an esl one event could just be slotted on in very easily heck do like a um a little series of online events across the whole and try and prepare them up for you know a november lamb final in addition like it is very <laughs> you're easy basically just to... taking the model of what esl yeah. and valve are doing with rotaria <laughs> yeah exactly i'm saying that would be perfect right now to fill the time and then set a big shit down the line as well which could fit in after um rlcs or in that break I mean, between league play hell, and hell. regionals and the finals that would be a great way to sort of like design a tournament circuit to fit in with the RLCS. At that point, at that at that point, mm. you can take the RLCS guys and then take the top ranked teams from the rest of the circuit and the online tournaments that you put on in either by yourself or in conjunction with other TOs and say, look, we'll do like a big fucking like twenty four team LAN event at, a, at 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 the World Championship. There you go. You know, RLCS teams get their automatic invites depending on where they place in the world, and then other teams get you know spots invited based on their placements in other tournaments. We might even do a ranking system like Renegade Cup, for example. You know, like that could be a fucking awesome idea but none of this shit's been implemented because because reasons <laughs> you know like well, we're no not one, told we, we they're being well, transparent with no us no one is being told <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's the thing right we want to be transparent as possible therefore if that's if that's the case then there's nothing going on there's in the next no six months <laughs> yeah like you know that, that's what that's what we're saying that's what science have basically said they've shot themselves in the foot by saying we want to be as transparent as possible and then saying nothing right, that's what they've done right so this is as transparent as we're going to get guys this is as transparent as we're going to get. We're going to know no tournaments in the next six months, even though this is ripe tournament opportunity. GG, boys, it's fucking over. It's mm. over. Like, we're dead. Like, this is, this is going to be a dead game so fucking soon. And again, I bring back the point about players and viability because not even the organizations and the players at the top end of the scene, the inner circle, if you will, of Rocket League does not know where Rocket League is going. If that's not a concerning sign, I don't know what would be. Anyway... Viewership. Um, last time we did the state of the scene address, we noticed that viewership was down on the whole. Um, we said that obviously, you know, the, the the viewership sort of started to stagnate. And I think that that kind of got better with the last world championship. Um, uh, and I have to say that in general, like, you know, viewership is up in most of the major regions. Um, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, like spring series, um, uh, obviously has been great for the, for the, for the, for the North American side. We still get to see where EU is going. Um, uh, it has been noted that South American OC have had their time to shine. They were very similar on the viewing numbers, but they were far more than what they would have had if they were hosted on rocket street or, uh, uh, on, uh, what's the fucking not throwdown. Um, LPL. LPL, you know, it'd be very different compared to what if they were hosting on those channels, which brings me to a point about, you know, something we've said for the longest time ever. And this is kind of the proof in the pudding is that RL's viewership in the esports dependent is all down to the rocket league channel. Like 
if it's a silent sponsored event, it needs to be on twitch.tv slash Rocket League. Just because yep. otherwise it's not going to be viable because you've created an ecosystem where right now you are the only place. You are the central and main and only place to see Rocket League esports. And anything else that doesn't get on that channel, it just gets fucked. Absolutely fucking rinsed in, in terms of like you know, his viewership. And this is proof in the pudding right here because, you know, tournaments that otherwise would have gotten 2,000 viewers have had 20 to 30,000 viewers just because they were on the main channel, you know? Yeah, and it, he, it's questioning, like, going forward, like, with any few, like, the, the and the biggest question there, of course, was let's go back to the DreamHack Pro circuit. What would the viewership for that have been if that was on the main Rocket League channel instead of the DreamHack Rocket League channel? Oh, God, you it know, would have fucking popped like, Why is this not? And it all comes down to, like, just simple things of, are Sionic scared of things being put on there because they've got no control? Like, they want full control of this? Like, it's... The mentality behind it is still so broken at the moment. And again, you've got to be looking to join everything together to make it as strong as possible instead of like spreading it out thin. Why would you want to spread it out thin, you know? Yeah, and I just... It, it just feels so backwards to me in the approach and everything like that, you know, like I, I just feel like, look, Rainbow Six does this all the time. Like they, 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 they bring big tournaments onto the main channels. They can sh showcase the best of the best right there. And if they've got several stuff going on, they have alternative channels for that. I know we've got an RL Esports mm -hmm. channel. Obviously there's all the community TOs and such, which we're going to come to that in a minute. Actually, I want to have another point about another thing. Um, and it's like, you know, just, just, just give us a time of day to showcase the best of what the other side can do. And it's like, it just doesn't hurt the product as much, you know, like it doesn't just really make hurt. a second channel from Rocket League called Rocket League Esports. And that's what you need that. to RL, do. Twitch.tv slash RL Esports is a thing. Yeah. Like it, so why not it actually is. Mm. <laughs> well, there's another issue as to why you shouldn't use that. Drops. This is something oh, that actually yeah. kind of teed me off a little bit. Um, so for those of you who weren't aware, the Rival, or, the, or not aware, the Rival series is actually broadcast on two different channels. There's obviously the Rocket League main channel, which goes on live on Fridays. Um, but as well as that, Rival Esports do the B stream on the weekends. And they um, and, and they obviously, you know, they, they hire in other independent commentators. We do, the, we do it sometimes. There's other people that do it sometimes. Same tournament. Here's the thing, though. Rival on their channel has significantly less viewership than the Rocket League main channel. You know, and this is like, you know, this is this isn't like a drop of like a couple thousand. No, like thirty to forty thousand people watch Rival series on Rocket League main. One to two thousand watch it on the Rival series. So that's like a fucking dive off a cliff. If it's a fantastic you know? game that's coming up, like one that's really hyped, like let's say Weed and Girls vs Triple Trouble, you might reach three thousand. If it's yeah. a super hyped up game, of course. Yeah. And you could put that down to, again, the issue with there being, you know, RL viewership mostly on the uh, the main channel. And that, that certainly is an aspect to it. The other aspect, though, is drops. And this is what convinces me that drops is fucking harmful to Rocket League viewership because there was one instance where Rival had to take over and do the mainstream production because they couldn't sort it out with NGE after the coronavirus had hit and they sent people home, didn't invite them back to studio. Rival Esports got the chance to do the mainstream matches on their channel. And Sionx decided they're going to turn on drops to make up for the fact it wasn't going to be hosted on the main Rocket League channel, which it should have been hosted on the main Rocket League channel anyway, but fuck it, you know, whatever. Yep. Rival Esports did their thing. 10,000 viewers from the start for a shit couple of games. Ten, and it started to rise as people figured out, oh, there's drops on this channel. We've actually got fucking drops. And it's like, guys, this is not healthy numbers. There are not, this is not inconducive to healthy numbers and, and, a, and a healthy esports growth system. If the majority of, that, of, of people sort of like, you know, interest is just getting free shit and like no one this this no one's going to tune in 
No one's tuning in for Rocket League esports, are they? Everyone's tuning in so they can get the fucking decal. Like, that's fucking, mm -hmm. that's, that's so, that's damaging. That's potentially fraudulent. You know, saying we've got 20,000 viewers, we've got 20,000 bots is what we've got. You know, that that's the reality of, of, of this situation. That... <laughs> Like it's it, 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 it's it's so like I always said that I don't think you know drops are a bad thing per se so long as they're used in moderation. But since we have drops on every major tournament, like all it says to me is viewership inflation. Like that's fucking. Oh, it's, e even then, if you're not gonna you'd be there, like that's just the nature of it. Why were the drops never put on rival esports beforehand to try and help that viewership up on the uh, B stream? You know when the B stream was not conflicting with the mainstream at all. So it just questions there as well. Where is the mentality to all this? Why you, when you could try and bolster the numbers and try and get more eyes on your own content, because it is your own official tournament, maybe not on your own channel, why are you not doing that to try and help on out? Like you're only shooting yourselves in the foot no matter which way you go. Well, that's the problem, right? And now we're in a situation where like drops are so prominent and been prominent for the past four years. It's like, you know, how do you get out of this situation? You, you, there, there is no easy answer to that, but it is fucking, it, it is terrible. It is terrible with that respect, you know, because like it says to me that most of the viewership for Rocket League Esports isn't genuine and we're in a, a much worse position than we actually make out to be. And that's further supported by these allegations that were raised. It kind of flew under the radar for a lot of people, um, uh, but there, there was an allegation thrown about that uh, Sonics may be embedding viewers uh, into the Rocket League esports uh, uh, stream. Uh, for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about here, there is a feature, obviously, in uh, on, on Twitch where you can uh, take a take a stream and embed it into a website. Um, and that will obviously give you, you know, the necessary viewership within that website and such. Um, here's the problem. It has been known to be heavily exploitable by certain people um, because... Uh, there was an article posted on the subreddit which got downvoted to fuck because, in fairness, it was a pretty poorly written article um, oh, yeah. that didn't that didn't make the point that the person wanted to make. And I I, I kind of understand that the writer what the writer was trying to say and what the writer was trying to do because there are some suspicious spikes in RL viewership, especially for North America. Um, uh, uh, but it was not written very well, and as a result, it kind of got panned off by the rest of the community. And you know, she didn't do a great job of explaining herself in terms of like you know like what her point was, but she did send off. To this uh, website uh, if you go to streamspread.com uh, it's a uh, a website which uh, basically you know it, it advertises you you pay for a uh, you, you pay them and they'll get your web get your stream listed on embed links okay and they advertise a number of people that they've already worked with among some of them um, i'm not sure how true most of these are but among some of them especially are the rlcs now, a lot of people might be asking, oh, what's that? what does that mean? What does it mean for us in the game, right? Well, for a start, it heavily implies that, again, viewership is inflated to a point that it's not really at a respectable... It implies that viewership is inflated a lot higher than it really should be, right? But here's the thing. Every time someone views a web page where the stream is on, they are counted as a viewer. And this is all this is on autoplay streams. Um, people have been caught out in esports in the past for this. Okay. Overwatch League, for example, they used to have their stream listed on the cursed network. Um, and that obviously raised their numbers for season one way beyond anything anybody expected. Mm -hmm. They got hundreds of thousands of people per, you know, uh, per thing. And it was a little bit suspicious to some people. They found out eventually this because actually most of the viewers weren't even being watching on the Twitch page. It was actually due to uh, the fact that we're listed on the Curse Network. 
And recently, Flashpoint in CSGO also got caught out for hosting themselves on the Facebook website, which, you know, it has their own circumstances about that, whether or not it was legitimate, whether or not it was an accident, is still yet to be debated. But this is a service that's advertising that RLCS um, uh, basically uses their service to, you know, to, to put their stream on a thing. Now, why does that matter? Well, if you're viewing a if you're viewing a stream unbeknownst to you, you're not really viewing it per se. You know, like you're not an official viewer, but you're counted in the numbers as a viewer. That's fraud. And I'll tell you how it's fraud, because Facebook are in a similar shit situation right now with the way that they count their viewers. Do you, have you used Facebook, right, Bacon? You know, you use it not, probably not for years, but yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know how you when you used to scroll through Facebook, you used to like get some videos that pop up and play. Yeah, 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 you know? yeah, yeah. Well, basically, every time you play every time one of those videos are played on your Facebook timeline, that counted as you being a viewer to that video. Mm -hmm. And every sponsor that Facebook have had through their systems, right? They have raised a lawsuit against them and they've said, look, that's fraudulent. You have falsely advertised your numbers because those aren't real viewers. They are counted to inflate the numbers as high as possible. And Facebook are in a lot of shit for it. And this is basically the same fucking thing because let's be real here. If you've got an autoplay stream at the bottom of like a, 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 a at the bottom of a website page and someone's looking at the content of the website and not the stream, that's not a real viewer. But that's counting to the number regardless here. And it's like, no, no, I get the question of how many people are bots looking for drops and how many people are not even watching the stream actually as it stands. Mm. hence why like with isn't it with twitter you've got to watch either the whole video or a certain amount of time of the video yeah. before it counts as a view on exactly. uh, twitter but yeah continue your point sorry <laughs> Well, that's basically my point right there. It's like, you know, this is also an industry-wide thing. Don't get me wrong. Like, it's not just Rocket League specifically, but yeah. we're in a case where Rocket League is currently having, is, is currently in like a bad spot with all the surrounding foundations about it. If it's real, and this is true, that stream spread are promoting Rocket League esports on their networks, like there is reason to be really fucking concerned because you take a look at all the sponsors we've had through RLCS history. You know, you take a look at guys like Snickers and Nissan and, you know, all, all the sponsors that we've had from the mainstream level, you know, like not just from, uh, uh, not just from a fucking, you know, um, uh, you know, like a, a small, like CEW sort of like a Lenovo sort of thing, you know, or, or you know, we, we've had some major, major sponsors over the course of time. You know, we've obviously had, you know, uh, Snickers come up, State Farm, HyperX, Mobile One. Um, uh, uh, who, who was the one, uh, the one with the, the, the deodorant? Uh, who the fuck is it? I forget now. Axe. Body Axe. Uh, no, no, not, not Axe. Um, oh, no. Terry, Terry Crews. Old Spice. Old Spice. That's it, you know, all big sponsors, all of whom have mysteriously disappeared. What's the chances they've caught wind of all this shit going on with the RLCS, okay? Like, if they're not getting return of investment, then this probably is the reason why they're not. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's there, you look at it, and it's just, it, it feels very smoke and mirrors. Like, we have seen the biggest rise this season, to which just one of the more... You know, definitely less dubious, but one of the more understandable rises uh, for me was Twitch front page. You generally get it for an hour and you can see the number rise incredibly during that period. But why are we only seeing that very rarely? Why is Cyanix not trying to push a Twitch front page a lot more often, you know? And then when you compare, like, just f for me, the biggest one right there was uh, the league play bump to regionals for EU definitely is massive. So there's so many different questions of how you can get massive peaks, not only within one season, but within, you know, a day. It's just so fucking 
suspicious, right? Mm. And again, I've got no evidence to back up that Sionics have done this, but it's like, you know, the fact that they're advertising them as one of the biggest things, um, uh, um, the fact that they're advertising them as one of the biggest um, uh, elements of the thing, uh, of, of this website mm -hmm. in, in, in implements to me that they've probably got some sort of thing in place. So I, I want to do some digging and find out for legitimacy because like it's, it's all over this website. And if it's real, if it's true, again, we have every reason to be concerned about the current status of Rocket League esports and the viewership, especially because it implies something that's not going on for real. And that is scary. It's really fucking scary, more so than anything else, because if it is true and sponsors all pull out because of that, then we're fucked. We're done. It's GG right there. And it's the same mm. thing with every eSport. Again, a lot of people have been caught out by it in the past, and you know they've taken dives because of it. Flashpoint have lost you know, a lot of support in, in the CSGO community. Um, Overwatch League has started to die slowly because of its lack of, it's lost trust in the community as a result of shit like this. And, you know... It's going to be the exact same thing with psionics. And I really would like some answers to this because no one seems to be giving any answers to this. And that leads on to our final point here, Bacon. Communication with psionics. It was the thing that we left at the last end, at the very end of our last day of the scene address, where we said, look, we need more communication. Not just for, for our sake, but for the sake of the scene so we know what's going on, so people are informed. So that way, in a public setting, people are more inclined to join us, to join the scene, to join sponsorship, to join as a pro player, to join as a viewer, to join as anything, right? Mm -hmm. We haven't seen that. Even in spite oh. of the open letter that went on Reddit, we saw a couple of improvements, but nothing significant. Not quite the way that people wanted to see out of Rocket League Esports. Well, the, the improvements were acknowledgments. That That's was the thing. just basically the improvement there was acknowledging that something needs to change, but nothing has changed. And that's the truth of the matter is that, that that's the way that Sionics approach this shit. They go with a, with, with, an, with a, a, an approach of, look, like, you know, we'll, we'll make a change, but we'll let you know soon. And then they never let you know. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if this story that we had with the pro players asking for, you know, information from Sionics and getting a PR response won't go anywhere. It won't surprise me at all. I don't think it surprises anybody at this stage. It's gotten to a point now where mm. I'm I'm genuinely worried about the game and I'm worried about the esports scene. I don't do these sorts of shows that I give sort of doom and gloom without saying, look, right, like there's something there's something going on here. And I don't say this in, in, in a light sort of sense. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm being serious. Like there is something very concerning with the state of Rocket League right now. And a lot of people seem to feel it. And I have a feeling a lot of people are ready to check out, you know? We've seen big community names like Gia from Drama a lot just sell his fucking, you know, Twitter to GG Recon. Trox has obviously left the scene. He's still supporting us behind the scenes at RL Aftershock. And for that, I'm very grateful to him for it. But, you know, and it's these guys aren't the only guys, you know? There's all sorts of people mm -hmm. leaving in troves lately. And it's like, you know, like, when is it going to be a point where we start to leave, consider leaving Bacon? You know, I'm probably close to that fucking factor already. Yeah, closer than me, definitely. I know yeah. that. And it, it comes down to we know there's meant to be some sort of announcement from someone that's come up in the uh, next couple of weeks. But we've had that in the past before, like been told that in the past before and nothing has come on through. So it just it's once again promised that there is something coming. But you're getting to a point now where you just dismiss it, you know? Oh, yeah. It's harsh. I hope it's true. The it's like, next few like, weeks we're like... going to get, you know, the redemption that's needed. Finally, who knows? Like there was the whole thing of, you know, Scheiss listening on his uh, Twitter that he's no longer like, is you know, working for Epic Games, no longer Sonics. Hopefully Epic has stepped in 
earlier because of everything that's going on and then there's going to be that revamp we need you know esports wise that's what you hope are we expecting it no absolutely not and again i'm I, I knew this episode would give me a, give me a bit of a downer, but like going the places yeah. that we've gone so far in this state of the scene address, like I just I don't know if we'll be doing one of these in 2021. Honestly, Bacon, like I, I, I'll be real with you. Like I want to, yeah. I, I still want to keep doing the the podcast. I still hope that we can do a state of the scene address in 2021. I still want to hope we can keep doing stuff like aftershock.com. But honestly, like if if the Rocket League esports scene died in that time, it would not surprise me. Um, I'm expecting at some point there will be a mass exodus of significant people just to leave the fucking space because like we are in, we're in deep shit. Okay. More so than we were last year. You know, we were at a critical point last year. I said that we need to start improving and, and growing. And I don't think we've done that to this point. And, and there's so much other shit that's come up since that point, you know, with the viewership, with, you know, the lack of communication with, you know, organizations considering the leaving, even in spite of the fact that we've got, you know, um, uh, in spite of the fact we've got stuff that they've asked for, like in-game items, yep. in spite of the, and, and stuff that, you know, where the, the esports manager at Sionix said, I don't care if organizations leave on a fucking public interview. Like, what what is this? Mm-hmm. Like, what is this? And the thing is silver lining time jay because you know we're all getting a little bit depressed of all that it can't everything is redeemable still we're not past like like the point of being critical mass is that it either booms off even more or it falls and we can turn things around or sorry not we as in me and you jay it does all come down to psionics it all comes down to psionics like it's all come the top and I, they can I, change I genuinely it. i genuinely wish that we had some level of control in the community because i feel like if the esports scene was handed off to other people we would be tier one I still believe it. That's the reason why I yeah. still keep doing this fucking show. It's because I believe that the esports scene will be tier one. I believe that Rocket League esports can be better than Counter Strike and fucking you know Dota two and 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 Valorant even. You know Valorant's obviously taken off and having a bunch of esports tournaments put on in its fucking closed base. I, I believe that Rocket League is near enough the only game that after all this Corona stuff goes down, you know, could have a respectable week in week out spot on something like ESPN or Sky. Yeah. Like, I believe that that outside of all this madness where people are looking for something that is enough to patch, you know, fill the gap, like, let's just take all the Formula One stuff that's going on. As soon as, you know, everything's back to normal, as soon as the regular season, say, Formula One's back, that's not going to really be there. You'll go back to, oh, it's just the esports guys doing their esports thing over there instead of trying to fill the gap with, um, you know, the real talents. Rocket League for me is one of the only games where it's niche enough in what it's doing is pg enough to have its own place alongside all the real sports on a weekly basis and that's not going to happen with how science are treating it currently i'm scared man like i i fear that we won't be here in a year's time uh and you know rocket league has persevered and done so much but I don't know how long we can survive, dude. Like, I'm really fucking depressed after this show. <laughs> I'm hoping for me right now, the Kronos stuff and definitely Intel World Open shutting down was the wake-up call that Sionics needed. That their way of running things is not sustainable. It is not going to work. I'm hoping 
that that is the wake up call that they needed to suddenly go, you know, like we were saying, they're not looking further than six months that they suddenly went, Oh shit, a plan falls through and we're fucked. Like that is what they needed. And like we said, considering that we know that in the new next few weeks, there is going to be a new, like another response is off actually of two weeks back. So it could be a lot sooner than we think. Definitely. You know, the week after spring series has ended in EU, that's when I'm expecting something to come through. I'm hoping that it is going to be a whole restructure, not necessarily to the RLCS, but like, you know, that third thing put in, but more sustainability to the entire scene uh, is put down. Honestly, That's what I'm hoping. Like honestly, I said, do we expect it? Honestly, no. I wouldn't hold my breath on that respect. But exactly. Let's end the show before I put myself on suicide watch, okay? Because um, <laughs> that's what this kind of fucking episode is. And if you have been depressed, then I do apologize. But you can uh, go to our official complaints line, at RLAfterShock on Twitter, where you can uh, let us know that you have been depressed by the realities of Rocket League Esports. <laughs> Hopefully um, community nights come through and we can all try and cheer each yeah, other up. Yeah, we'll I'm, I'm going to ping Dex about that, to be honest, because I could use some pick-me-up and a great opportunity to rekindle mm. my love for this game, Like, because like, I've started to lose so much faith in, in the last few months, in the last year. But again, all that's going down on at RL Aftershock on Twitter, as well as RLAfterShock.com, where we'll be publishing more news as and when we receive it. Uh, it's been a little bit quiet on my end. I've been looking to do some more reporting, but I've been busy with CSGO. So I'm just going to keep working on that until I make sure I get some the time. the features, guys. I don't touch reports. Like, I would just butcher them something rotten. Like, the, a report would be less of a paragraph and more like an essay. So I'm not allowed to go near the Mamma Joe. Mate, for those of you who want, want a little bit of peek behind the scenes at Aftershock.com, uh, Bacon's top 10 uh, rankings uh, was fucking so long and rambly, I edited it down. I had to go through like and half. edit it for him. It, was, like, it, it got was like crazy. slashed to pieces. It was fucking unreadable beyond belief. But yeah, let, 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 that's at the pace. I mean, I was going to do a feature about... Um, uh, uh, about uh, the lineage of Rick's Ronde, but I haven't got around to starting that one up, so I might uh, I might do ahead and go ahead and do that later. His career's not over yet, please no. <laughs> no, but here's the thing: like you know, he, he, him leaving Triple Trouble ends a lineage he's been carrying since fucking uh, Reason Gaming. So I was going to do a little bit about that, you know, and how the the team now no longer has any of the elements that started things mm. off back from GFNE season two. So that's the topic for another day. I'll sort that out another point. Again, I've got a lot of casting to do, so I'm going to go ahead and get ready for that. We've got TCS in a bit, Bacon. Uh, so oh, you know, still still some, yeah. still some tournaments going on outside. Sorry? Three hours. Two hours. Uh, two hours. No, away. two hours. Two hours. Yeah. Um, two, two hours, 15 minutes as of us recording this very moment here. So, uh, yeah, you know, go ahead and watch that twitch.tv slash TCS Esports League. It's going to be fun times. Um, I haven't got a green screen today, Bacon, so uh, you're going to get to see all my glorious office. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, of course, if you want to catch more from RL Aftershock, of course, you can go ahead and join the Discord. Uh, show notes and video descriptions as usual. You can go ahead and join us. We've got some community nights coming up soon. We hopefully we can play some Rocket League and other video games in shit. If you've got Valorant as well, I know that we've been doing some community nights for that as well. So I want to get involved mm -hmm. in some of those, assuming my PC gets fixed soon. Um, but... Uh, that's all for uh, you to go ahead and join up as well as that as in, you know follow the podcast on twitch twitch.tv slash hour after shock where hopefully we can get some live episodes going when shit's not so busy with me and csgo <laughs> as well as that the podcast is available on youtube spotify itunes google podcasts tune in and most other audio distribution platforms you can go to anchor.fm slash hour after shock to find your favorite platform and request your favorite way to listen i'm hoping next week's episode will be a lot more on the positive side as we do have the european spring series to cover no, we don't actually. We have not. We've got bubble scene stuff. All right, we'll bubble scene stuff. Then we'll do the uh, the nice cactus uh, weeklies and the uh, uh, and, mm -hmm. and, and the rising stars cup or the superstar league, I should say. Uh, but uh, until that point, though, bacon. Have you got any final words for end off for this week? 
Well, I'm just loving. So if people didn't see it, uh, Endless Khan did the longest Endless game. Khan? Sorry, Hold Endless on. Khan? One Sunless <laughs> Khan did the longest game of Rocket League ever, which then got smashed by the Italian oh, Rocket League community, which oh, is beautiful. God. I now put out the challenge. There is a gauntlet to throw down by every single community to make the longest game of Rocket League. And we just keep on going, dude. We just keep on going. I want to Fuck see this. That, right. Do you want to do an go... Aftershock edition? Do you want to do an we, Aftershock we could edition? Try it. Yes. Why not? All right, then let's fucking we'll do it. We'll do the RL Aftershock longest running game ever and we'll stream it live on, on Twitch. <laughs> so uh, keep your eyes on that shit. But for now, we're going to get off the, your the screens. Thing is, Jay, Sorry, before you get in that, we're going to give it a little bit of time just to see if anyone does try and pip it before us because you always want to be relevant. So we, we, <laughs> we'll take a little time planning it and we'll try and like, you know, you got to be it by like over an hour to try and really set a time for it. Do you think you can possibly get a hand, your hands on one of those, um, uh, those what are they called? I, 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 iron servers or something like that? They have like a special server that they use for, for the uh, for RLCS games. And um, uh, Sonless used that for his to the point where he went from a two-hour average when he was testing it in matchmaking to 11 fucking hours of, uh, uh, mm-hmm. of game time. I could probably, um, yeah. I know, I know a few people. We can all do right, it. well, I'll, I'll, I'll let you sort that out, Bacon. If you can get that together, then I will absolutely do that, and I'll see if I can throw up a fucking, you know, uh, a charity thing or something. I don't know. We'll, we'll work on it. Anyways, for all that point, though, until next week's show, we're going to get off your screens, out of your ears, uh, so make sure you stay safe out there with all the virus and shit going on, and make sure you brace yourself for the next edition of the Aftershock.